0: all right all right all right. welcome to highlander rewatch the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the highlander universe in detail i'm one of your rewatchers i'm keith this is kyle
1: and this is Amon. are you
2: sure our first rewatcher wasn't owen wilson are you sure owen wilson or
1: matthew <laughs> mcconaughey, <laughs> matthew McConaughey. <laughs> fuck damn it shit <laughs> I get yeah. them confused. Yeah, I do, Are too. we still in the McConaissance, or is that over? Has that ended? I think that's ended, yeah. Really? What What's was even... it? Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, uh, space movie. Uh, space? What was it called? Oh, Interstellar. Interstellar. More like Inner Smeller. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Very good. Well, True
0: yes, Detective. A, true Detective. Oh,
1: right. True Detective. Times a flat circle. Mm. What? <laughs> I like that True Detective, too. That was really good. I really liked that. I didn't see it. <laughs> supposed- <laughs> this is a confusing <laughs> bit then <laughs> It's supposed to be shitty right It's supposed to Yeah. Be, yeah. With uh,
0: I have not seen it Vince with
1: Vaughn Vince Vaughn which is yeah. surprising
0: and Colin Farrell Yeah, yeah.
1: Who would have thought something with Vince Vaughn sucked
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway oh, That's a surprise Yeah Welcome to a bonus episode of Highlander Rewatch. This is our Highlander Reboot Contest special bonus episode. It's going to be awesome. So, but before we get into that stuff, uh, we got some reader mail we wanted to uh, tackle before we wrap up season two. This is some kind of dangling threads that are left over from those past uh, few episodes we had.
2: Pull the string. Oh, uh,
0: so uh, the first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyone? Uh, The first bit of reader mail comes from Zacho himself. Oh. Zacho himself, like he's a famous person. is actually his Twitter <laughs> handle, <laughs> Zacho <Zacco> himself. <laughs> At Zacho himself, says, <laughs> I don't
2: know
1: what that voice was. I don't know either.
0: Uh, so Zach says, this is in reference to uh, Legacy, uh, This episode was frustrating to me. Amanda was the focus of the plot, but she never had a moment to shine or anything to do, really. In fact, the only thing Amanda actually got to do was be an attractive love interest and use a frying pan. This episode is basically Duncan mansplaining how to be an immortal. <laughs> All that aside, Luther was very compelling in his short time on screen. It's too bad we didn't get more of him. Is there anything interesting in his Watcher Chronicle entry? Oh. <laughs> Cut that last part out. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't have it in I, front of me. I and feel like we read it. My guess is it wasn't I didn't deem it interesting enough. Uh and the only usually I read them. Only when they're like add something very interesting to the story or they're really weird. Uh those are my my great <laughs> for including them in the show.
2: God's Chosen Nutcase.
0: Uh so my guess is it probably was pretty I don't know, I forget what it said. I don't know. Good mm. content. Yeah. Very <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Zach Zach-o. for the reader mail. I'm sorry I can't answer your question, but
1: I do agree with him that Amanda didn't do much in that episode. No, yeah. It's I mean, and Mac ends up being the one
2: saving the day in the end. And that's yeah. disappointing.
0: Yeah. The role reversal would have pretty much fixed that whole episode.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. If they if Amanda was the one who bailed him out, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Very minor changes. And that episode, like, would have been in my top three of the season, I think. Yeah. All right. This one's from George T. Also about Legacy. Mm-hmm. Just listened to the podcast on Legacy. Did you notice that the actor who played Luther appeared on season six as Jocko in Patient Number Seven?
0: Yeah, he's in a later episode, which I think we mentioned in the beginning of our podcast. Yeah. So, nice paying attention, George. <laughs> Thanks for the GoFundMe that? donation. <laughs> yeah, we did mention that. I think we did. Oh, I don't, I don't remember that.
1: Yeah. Mm, wacko Jocko.
0: <laughs>
2: just, appears as Jocko Pastorius in <laughs> in Weather Report. Um, yeah, that's what people listen to us for. Like, references to jazz bassists, right? Yes. That's right. <laughs> um, Also, you can see one of the camera crew clearly on the hay bales at the
0: end. (laughs) That's (laughs) awesome. I have to go back and look for that. That's awesome. That's amazing.
2: All right. My season six knowledge is flimsy, but I hope we mentioned that. Good catch, George T., if we didn't.
0: Yeah. Season six. Yeah. I I remember so little of that.
2: Mm -hmm. But he starts fighting with like collie sticks or whatever the hell he's using.
0: Oh, man uh oh (laughs) yeah yeah get ready for that spoiler alert it's interesting in a way Mm. in a way in a way what way (laughs) (laughs) it will give us something it will give us something to talk about
2: i'm actually legitimately excited to see it again Mm? because i've not seen it in so long i remember having weird feelings about it at the time but you know who Mm. knows how we'll feel about it now when we're in a different place in life yeah Rewatching, if you will (laughs) but anyway thanks george t we appreciate your comments and continued support you're great
1: thank you george amen what do we got So this is from Andy C. Hey, rewatchers, love the show. I enjoy reliving the action, adventure, and sometimes silliness of the Highlander universe with you guys. I've been wondering how you were planning to tackle Highlander 2, and then he's going to give us some Highlander 2 suggestions, which we're going to get to that. We're not going to do it right now, but thank you, Andy. We'll take these under consideration. Yeah,
0: thank you. We're very excited about pressing on and doing Highlander 2.
1: Yes, so tune into that coming very soon from your
2: rewatchers. Highlander 2. Also he-, he points out something good that like I That don't we're know. awesome? Yeah, that we're awesome. That's like <laughs> key to it. But that like, I don't know, the silliness, like we like gently rib the show a lot. But like the silliness is like a real part of what makes it like special to me. Yeah. Mm. Like, especially the era of T V that this is from. My expectations of T V from this time period is like different than like the madman era we're in now. So I feel like if it didn't have some of this goofiness, I don't know it would occupy the, the same space in my heart here in 2016.
1: Yeah. 2017, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. And Andy ends, New Year. ends his email saying, anyway, you guys are great and hilarious, and I want to encourage you to keep doing what you are doing. Until your final death.
0: (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Uh, Nice reference there.
1: Dark turn, Andy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Andy, for the kind words. So, guys, we have to get into this episode. Mm. Uh, So we thought uh, there was some big Highlander news announced. I guess it wasn't super recently, but it's been a little while since we've recorded because we were, of course, at the uh, 30th anniversary gathering. And it's just been a while since we've all sat down together in the same room. So we want to talk about the big announcement that they have attached a new director to a Highlander reboot. And that director is Chad... Stalensky, Stal, uh,
1: Chad, Stalsky, Stalsky, still, I have no idea. Stalactite, are they the ones that come up from the floor or from the down from the stalactite? I don't know, it's the hellmite, uh, stalemite, stalemate, stal. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, how do you say this name? I should have looked it up. Stalgly, his
0: IMDb (laughs) trivia lists him at being six foot one, so we know that about him. Chad,
1: six foot one, I believe (laughs) so. How tall is Russell Mulcahy? My guess is not six foot one. Hmm. He was a former kickboxer.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about who Chad is. He uh, has one movie to his credit uh, as a director. He's kind of a new director on the scene, mm-hmm. uh, which is John Wick. Yeah. So you, did you guys like John Wick? I'm the only one who has not seen it Oh, here, you have, like, still wait. haven't seen you got to yeah. see it.
1: It's good. I like it a lot.
0: I think it's... A, Pretty good movie. Uh, yeah. I like the first half way more than the, it. Yeah. It, it feels in some ways like it could be a short movie. Yeah. Uh, like there's a club scene in the movie, which is like super awesome, awesome and yeah. feels like that should be the end. Uh, mm-hmm. But then it's kind of not. And it kind of goes on a little bit more. It's a movie that like has more plot than it needs. And it does not have much plot, but yeah. it still needs less. It still uh, needs less.
1: But it's a good like revenge type movie. Mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves is good. Good action stuff.
0: Yeah. Cool action. Cool style. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's a fun ride. It is. It's like it's definitely one of the best action movies I've seen in a while. Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, so this guy's time. background is primarily in stunts. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with some of the movies he's worked on. Um, like he actually used to be like a body double for people like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Oh, um, so he's done stunts for and choreography for things like V for Vendetta, Three Hundred uh live free or die hard x-men origins wolverine Ooh, <laughs> uh i'm sure the stunts are fine in that movie but, sure yeah but the movie is bad <laughs> but how's the gambit in that movie <laughs> uh let's see what else has he done uh the hunger games tron legacy iron man 2 serenity triple x state of the union oh, oh.
1: we're getting a new triple x the
0: return of xander, xander cage. cage yeah
1: but what about ice what happened to ice cube though yeah. Well we're just gonna get the triple X four, the return of whatever the hell his character's name is in that movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they have to like fight for the truest Triple X. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Don't stop, get it, get
0: it. He did Escape from LA, some stunts on that. Nice. Wild yes, Wild yes, West. Yes. Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh He was the stunt coordinator on the video game. For tomorrow, never does.
2: How do you have a stunt coordinator on a video game? What's well, I guess it, yeah. I does guess does they have mean? to throw
0: punches and stuff. So I guess you have to animate well, like what movement looks like. That's my I guess. guess.
2: Put someone in, like one of those mocap suits. Yeah, mm. or if
0: it's just yeah for for those purposes, like coordinating how the mocap capture sessions run. O cap capture?
1: Yeah, you're that doing is,
0: it. Ay, ay, ay,
1: pizza pie. Good God. I've been a huge fan of the original property since I saw it in high school, he told the Hollywood reporter. Such great themes of immortality, love, and identity are all wrapped up in such a colorful mythology. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quote. Well, Seems I'm like very excited about this.
0: Yeah, because yeah, he definitely, I think, wanted to do this project. This isn't him getting randomly selected. I I believe from what I've heard he like Champion being the director of this.
1: I just, you know, it sucks when a movie comes out that you're interested in, like a franchise movie, I guess. And then you look at the other movies the director did, and it's like, Resident Evil like oh. 5 Russell McKay, isn't he, he that Russell? Oh, shit. We'll okay. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Russell. <laughs> he didn't want it. Was it Resident Evil he did one of? or Yeah, Underworld? it was. It was. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Oh, did you guys see Underworld? Blood Wars. <laughs> no.
0: no. <laughs> you knew Why
1: that. Why not? You weren't there opening night. <laughs> I got my advance tickets on Fandango. Wow, <laughs> Fandango!
0: Very exciting. We'll keep you, keep everyone out there posted on uh, new news <laughs> about about the development of the Highlander reboot. New uh, news. But we're exceeded, excited, excited, oh, excited to see what comes from it, especially casting and any sort of uh, rough story outline
1: that might get released. We'll see. You think this thing's actually going to get made?
0: I do. Yeah, I do. Cool. My theories are that it would seem that Lionsgate has been very pensive in the past about allowing anything to do with the original Highlander movie happen. Yeah. uh, Including, like, art, such as magnet sets uh, Mm. that might feature characters from that movie is not allowed. Uh, But there was the release of the comic recently, I guess, which, wait, did that come out? No. Not yet? Almost? Mm -mm. It's going to come out soon?
1: Soon. It's not out.
0: Not out. I'd be very
1: surprised if it was out.
0: But I feel like they are now starting to roll out new Highlander original content. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that means that negotiations have probably moved far enough along that they are pressing ahead with movement on the franchise, at least.
2: Cool. Yeah, and we're in an era where, like, they stand to really make it go. Like, the, the integration between a movie, a TV show in the era of... Hulu, Netflix, and you know the ability to tell continue like ongoing stories, the renewed love for fantasy and shows like Game of Thrones and Westworld. The time is right for them to do it. Like if it doesn't get made now, I'm skeptical that it'll yeah ever come back. Yeah, yeah. Now's the time.
0: So that's why we decided to have a Highlander reboot contest, and we started this back when we finished, I guess, our movie series or was it a little later than that i think i think it was right after yeah uh so
1: been a while it has been a (laughs)
0: while i think it was we were like oh it'll end when season two ends and that took a long time to happen yeah Uh, but we have sponsored a contest and the idea was that you could write us essentially your elevator pitch for what a new highlander movie would be uh 500 words or less and uh, we got a bunch of responses, and we're going to read them. But we also wanted to take part in this contest. Or not in the contest, I guess. We're disqualified. In the exercise. In the exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we all took a shot writing a kind of short reboot treatment. Um, so we thought we'd kick it off by reading those to you now and talking about them. So all tell right. us about your reboot, Kyle.
2: Okay. So we open in a grittier version of 21st century New York. Open on a ragged-looking man in a tanned crunch coat. Poorly shaven. A real Lambert type. Lambert Uh, type. White white tennis shoes? Yeah, white tennis shoes. You can barely understand what he's saying. He's got a vacant stare. In the
0: garage.
2: (laughs) Garage. Garage. He's a superhero, but actually he might not be. He checks in at the front desk of a building, indicating that he is expected, and his name, Russell Nash. He takes a elevator ride up to a large room filled with rare items. He starts making his way toward a large octano- octagonal room full of treasures. The camera whips around, and we see a younger-looking Tom Hardy type, mm. uh, and the camera cut is accompanied by a loud buzz. The younger man is hiding in the sh- is uh, shown to be hiding in the shadows, sword drawn. Nash turns the corner and narrowly deflects a cut. When the younger man notices him, he says, "Wait!" But a fight ensues, tearing apart the treasure-filled room. As they fight, you see flashbacks to earlier in the past: the same two men in different outfits fighting in different places. The fight eventually draws to a close. Nash loses and the other man states, there can be only one, and takes his head. A voiceover ensues, ensues, accompanied by a cut to what appears to be a radio studio. The camera focuses tightly on the speaker's mouth, uh, who speaks in low, dulcet tones, indicating that there's been a change in standing. The Highlander just encountered an old friend in the Big Apple, and Nash won't be coming home for the holidays.
0: Hmm. I like the twist of uh, Nash is dead. yeah. I, I thought that'd be fun,
2: just as an Easter egg. That.
0: Well, that's that's in line with your, uh, like, the Highlander TV show should start off with the main character dying in the beginning. And it, this is kind of fulfills that same sort of thing. It's like, oh, this is what you think is the main character.
2: It's not the Lambert. It's actually just Burt Lambert is the star of this. <laughs> That's, is that going to be your treatment of it, Amon? That's right. It's all just going to start Burt Lambert. <laughs> all Burt Lambert. He fights other immortals with a garrote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the victor, now revealed to be Connor, surveys the room, which has been badly damaged by the fight and ensuing quickening. Connor lifts up a damaged shield and notices reflection in the metal, triggering a flashback to uh, an earlier uh, war in which the McLeod's fought the Phrases. Now we get to see Brenda for the first time. She and Mac are, in fact, already in a relationship. She eventually notices the damage to the apartment and tries to figure out what's going on. Uh, But Mac is so distracted because he discovers a damaged flamboyant red tunic amongst his damaged artifacts and is visibly upset. As is trying to pump him for information, he flashes back to the earlier battle uh, to evoke kind of the earlier images from the movies. You know, he is defeated in battle by the Kurgan and cast out from his village. The Kurgan has tracked him because a mysterious crier in a town square informs him that there's a new player in the game. And he's being tracked by someone called Villalobos. Uh, the flashback ends when he's discovered by Ramirez Juan Sanchez Villalobos. Ah. Uh, we cut back to the present where Brenda storms out because Mac is not being forthcoming about what the fuck happened. <laughs> <laughs> he's staring at tunics. <laughs> yeah, I just come here to spend time with my boyfriend and all he wants to do is stare at a red tunic. <laughs> Later, Mac seeks... Uh, advice from an old his old friend Castagir, who in this version is a badass black woman. They discuss uh, Max' ladies problem, lady problems, and uh, his decision not to tell Brenda about his nature as an immortal. She reminds him of the the lessons Ramirez taught him, and we get a flashback explaining to Ramirez explaining the rules of the game and teach and uh, training Duncan in how to fight. The montage includes a special disarming technique that Ramirez attempts to teach Duncan. The montage ends when Mac masters it and seemingly defeats his teacher. Ramirez then explains that the Kurgan is completely indifferent to the suffering of mortals, and if he wins the game, it will be very bad for all humans everywhere. Ramirez doubts that... Is unsure whether or not he could beat him, and hopes that Mac can learn the skills he needs to survive. Mac asks wistfully if they were the last two immortals. Would Ramirez take his head? Ramirez laughs it off and repeats the most important rule. There can be only one. In the present, Mac decides to go looking for Brenda and try to explain himself to her in some way. He ultimately admits that he was upset because the tunic belonged to an old friend. Cut back to, uh... The Kurgan, uh, again attempting to find McCloud. Mac is away when the Kurgan discovers Ramirez, and the Kurgan battles Ramirez up against a cliff. Uh, Cut away to Mac returning home, noticing a lightning storm raging over his home. Mm -mm. Back in the home, the Kurgan departs Mac's home, giving his wife a menacing look, but... Determining that she is not worth it and moving on. To not repeat, he does not sexually assault her. <laughs> there is no sexual assault in this movie.
0: I like that. Yeah. Do you there's... like the sexual assault? Or the no, lack I like thereof? the lack of sexual assault. I like assault.
1: that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Well... <laughs> Uh-oh, my my reboot's a little heavy. I mean, it's my just <laughs> sexual assault the whole time.
1: Yikes.
2: <laughs> Zeist. In the present, Mac is still trying to win back Brenda when he feels the buzz and the Kurgan attacks. They fight their way through the alleys and streets, uh, but Mac is unarmed and they barely escape with their lives. Brenda makes it clear, because this obviously disrupted his pl- pitch of Take Me Back. Brenda makes it clear that if Mac does not come clean, she's going to bounce.
0: Um, I like this. This is a little influence, I feel like, from the TV show that we've talked about in the podcast. that Tess should have gone in this. This is where we kind of envision Tess going if she wasn't gunned down in the street yeah, by a meth head.
2: Yeah. <laughs> cocaine's a hell of a drug. Cocaine's no, that was a, that guy was a meth head. Actually, no, he was like a heroin guy, I think. I feel good about that.
0: <laughs> heroin. That he was a heroin guy. Yeah. Does oh. uh, anyone? Did anyone use the f word in their uh, treatment? By the way, <laughs> of like writing fuck. No. Like the are, other, any, f-, the other f-, f word. Is there a lot of that? Again, mine's got that too. Just, just all by, over the place. Sexual assault <laughs> and a lot of homophobic slurs. <laughs> <laughs> mine's getting a limited release too. Yeah. Darkness. 26
2: limited Limited release release.
0: in any case mac then flashes
2: back after being confronted with this choice he flashes back to the death of his his wife as a montage of her aging ensues she dies mac is devastated he buries his clan sword uh, with his wife and heads off with ramirez's sword in the present he refuses to tell brenda the secret of his immortality and she leaves bummer Brenda, though, continues her investigation as to what's been going on by uh, confronting Mac's old friend, Castagir. Castagir doesn't blow up Mac's spot, but assures her that Mac's heart is in the right place. She has a flashback to their first meeting uh, on a battlefield in World War I in which she was serving as a medic for uh, Ottoman troops. Mac gets the drop on her and has the opportunity to take her head, but decides that the war has made him tire of killing. He's inspired by the fact that Castigere is acting as a healer rather than a soldier. Hmm. In The President... In The President. Uh,
1: in The President.
2: <laughs> in The President, Castigere does not rat Mac out but resolves to keep his secret. Later that night, the Kurgan finds Castagir and gives her the opportunity to walk away if she'll serve up Mac. Castagir refuses and is promptly dispatched by the Kurgan. Mac learns of this news shortly thereafter from a radio station and is stricken by grief, but prepares to flee rather than fight the Kurgan. However, overcome by guilt, he makes one last attempt to contact Brenda. He discovers that she has, in fact, been kidnapped by the Kurgan in a last effort to draw Mac out. So, spoiler alert, Mac manages to kill the Kurgan and rescue Brenda. Um, needless to say, Brenda is freaked the fuck out. How, but how pretty is Brenda in your this version? I mean, she looks pretty, but she actually isn't pretty. <laughs> okay.
1: Does somebody tell her that she's pretty? To look pretty, Brenda.
2: As Mac is recovering from the Kurgan's quickening, we are greeted by the dreaded immortal oh, buzz again. Nope. Ramirez steps out of the shadows. What? Ramirez,
0: from the uh, beginning of the movie,
1: yeah, <laughs> that one it's actually a different Ramirez, no, <laughs> oh. um, it's like Rachel Ghoul from Batman begins Ramirez thanks
2: Mac for taking care of the Kurgan and assures him it's nothing personal as he goes to take Mac's head, Mac, overcome by grief and feeling betrayed by emotion feeling betrayed fights an emotional battle against him attempting to use the same disarming move from that montage Oh! unfortunately Ramirez defeats that move easily reclaiming his old sword and announcing that I taught you everything that you know not everything that I know
1: Damn!
2: Ramirez prepares to take Mac's head when Brenda looking on finally feeling like she's got a better understanding of what's happening but not really tackles Ramirez and the two go tumbling off the roof of the building Mac looks over the side to find Brenda has died from the fall but obviously Ramirez stands up and salutes him before leaving the scene cut to the mysterious announcer who declares that after years missing from the game Villalobos is back in the Big Apple and that the Kurgan has been dispatched she also indicates that the gathering is now upon us and the next game is happening in Paris the dialogue is intercut with Mac packing up to leave and on his way to the next battle he stops off in the Scottish Highlands Um, The camera pulls back on the radio announcer to reveal a watcher symbol in the background. Mac then returns to his former wife's grave and uncovers his Clan MacLeod sword and prepares for new battle.
0: I like the uh, getting the sword. Like, that's a special weapon thing, too. It's like he loses his weapon. Also, because it's like a false, false, false test of false. Like it's, it's like a, false weapon. it's like almost false like katana. A, it's like an evil weapon now. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's, that's the weapon of his v- enemy now. So he yeah, can't, it's like, tainted. He couldn't use that. everything. Yeah.
2: He must unlearn what he's learned.
0: Yeah. Everything is tainted. So I got some like logistical questions, Kyle. Yeah, uh, so so like how like if a bus leaves New York at like <laughs> this. This radio station? What's the programming like on it? Is this like drive time radio, (laughs) classic rock, talk radio? Yeah, like what? What are they playing when they're not saying people are Queen? Duh. It's actually this a watcher? Like, is this the watcher station? (laughs) That's like twenty four seven.
2: It's actually just hardcore gangster rap the entire time. Mm.
0: And then there's just so like it
2: cuts from like bring the motherfucking ruckus, and then it's like hey boppers. Right.
1: <laughs> like, Does Joe Dawson have a like morning zoo type show called Morning Joe? Uh. <laughs> no, that's already a show. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it, it's terrible.
2: <laughs> it's the worst show.
0: <laughs> I, I. That's the end. It's the, <laughs> worst, the show. worst show. Show <laughs> in this world that you've created, Connor McLeod, Ramirez. Like these are men that. Like they need to listen to gangster rap t- all the time if they want any. <laughs> I mean,
2: only if they want clues. news. If they want if to be they ignorant, want the news, they yeah. have to listen to like some like really old school like Ice Cube cuts.
0: Okay, so I guess we've answered the question of what's the musical soundtrack of this. Yeah, movie. we've <laughs> just nailed it. We've just pinned it down rap. now with this with this uh, <laughs> exchange. Very good, Amen. It's now time for yours. <sighs> Will yours? have an international multimedia watcher conglomerate that runs radio stations and features gangster rap.
1: Wrap. Regrettably no. No, interesting. Although I do like that feature, <laughs> the radio feature. I think that's really cool. Well, I um, hope
0: the producers of the new movie take that into consideration. Steal that idea. <laughs> steal. <laughs> steal that idea steal. and put gangster rap and
1: in get the movie. Wu-Tang Clan on retainer for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess I'll do my pitch. Um, so we open at a hockey game like in the original movie, intercut with flashback footage. Flashes of Ramirez and a masked warrior, who's going to be the Kurgan. It's Connor at the hockey game. Um, So we'll play out roughly the same as in the original movie um, with our immortal battling another. Um, A beheading happens. They fight. The beheading happens. There's a massive explosion that's unseen on camera. So we're not quite sure what that is and the immortal escapes so we don't know if it's a terror attack or or something else so does isis exist in this universe uh sure why not
0: <laughs> does isis exist <laughs>
2: will you will you think of like a clever name for like a substitute immortal the name is like
1: bisis <laughs> bisis <laughs> enter our officer brenda wyatt at the crime scene and detective Bedso. Uh, as well as the Department of Homeland Security, and the investigation is being led by an agent, Kruger. Uh, Kruger Kruger kind of takes Wyatt and Bedsoe on as liaisons in this case. Um, So let me catch up with Connor. Um, He's at his silver room, and he looks at Ramirez's katana in there, and we get a flashback. Mm -hmm. For this, I kind of didn't deviate too much from the original, like, There's still the mentor-student relationship and all the stuff with Heather. Kurgan eventually uh, appears, and he's a masked figure in the flashbacks, Um, so you never see his face. But he defeats Ramirez. Connor, you know, comes across the battle scene and saves his sword. Uh, Throughout the movie, if Connor does use a sword, for the most part, it's going to be his Scottish claymore. Does it it break into three pieces? (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's right. Comes out of a suitcase. No one no one's spent sufficient
2: time talking about the snap together blade. No. Yeah. That's actually just gonna be the I'm sure that
1: wasn't reboot that was well, reboot, that was just all that. <laughs> <laughs> well that's a uh, midichlorian's the, the snap of blade is made of midichlorians. Yeah. It's that force that penetrates
2: and binds your sword. <laughs> that's right.
0: Darkness twenty seven penetrates and binds us.
1: Penetrates and binds. <laughs> your sword. Your sword. Let's be
0: the tie that penetrates and binds. That's a hymn. Moving the on.
1: doxology. <laughs> yes.
2: The toxicology exam. <laughs>
0: the to- <laughs>
2: Bless be the midichlorians. <laughs> Kruger
1: and uh, Wyatt and Bedso are tracking down Connor as a lead. Um, so Wyatt and Bedso go to track Connor, and Kruger sets off on his own investigation, tracking a lead. Um so I got a lead right now. Ooh, a little lead the Glengarry Glen Ross leads. <laughs> uh, and to you they're gold, but you <laughs> don't get them. Coffee is for closers, keith
0: I know. <laughs> I'm like <a> I <guy>, know.
1: <laughs> L- Lion's head beer is for closers.
0: <laughs> That's what we're drinking. Sorry, amen we keep interrupting.
1: <laughs> That's okay. This is awful. <laughs> Wyatt and Bedso go to question Connor, and Kruger is going to track down his lead, which turns out to be Castiguer. Um, Bedso gets a strange sense of deja vu when he's questioning Connor and goes off on his own investigation. And Wyatt and Connor are kind of, you know, butting heads. Meanwhile, the masked figure from Connor's flashback confronts Castigier. They have a fierce fight, Castigier is defeated. The next day, we find Wyatt, Bedsoe, and Kruger at the scene of this sword fight with Castiguer. Um and it looks like the place has exploded, much like the hockey stadium. Kruger notices a photo in the wreckage of Connor and Kastagir and points it out to Wyatt. Meanwhile, Bedsoe is doing his own research work, much like the work Brenda did in the original Highlander movie. So Bedsoe eventually uncovers that Connor is the same man that he was investigating at a similar crime at the very start of his career, this floor is bed, so this is like a big shocking moment in the movie. It's supposed to be that. Yeah, I, I like out. this investigative element that. Connor's an old guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he, a he's a superhero. Superhero. <laughs> he goes to Kruger with his findings. To... So, meanwhile, why Wyatt... You have to read the entire rest of it that way. <laughs> meanwhile, Brenda is confronting Connor over the photo with Castagir as they are returning to Connor's antique shop. The masked warrior from Connor's Past Attacks. <laughs> <laughs> this is a special guest star here. Hey, <laughs> Christopher, I'm taking over.
2: <laughs> Crystal Lambert reading this pitch. He's so excited about I'm it. So
1: excited about these new movies, these remake movies that I'm gonna star in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Mr. Lambert, do you envision yourself being the being the Highlander in these new movies Or are you going to take Like a, a more supporting role
1: I'm going to be the star That's the so best you,
0: part of this Is that you're still <laughs> in these
1: movies I'm still in them I'm in the, the movie I'm the Highlander So are you going to be the Bedso character Or the Connor McLeod character Connor McLeod, of course Of course I'm not John Polito May he rest in peace He left us too soon
2: May he rest in Polito
1: Rest in Polito That's right <laughs> Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. right. Eamon, are you, are you back? Are you going to... I'm back. B- Lambert's gone. I don't know what happened to him.
1: Uh, I missed him. Uh, you guys always miss each other. It's really sad. What's up with that? Brenda and Connor are attacked by the masked person from Connor's flashback. The masked man mortally wounds Connor. Uh, Brenda saves Connor from getting his head taken off. Then, much to her suppl- surprise, Connor revives and they both escape. Brenda is filled in on the immortal backstory and brings Connor to so. Office to try to, you know, regroup. Uh, Connor gets the immortal buzz and in walks Agent Kruger. So Kruger is revealed to be an immortal and basically the beans are spilled and Kruger is this masked Kurgan that's been haunting Connor's nightmares. Damn!
0: Damn! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I like the mask. What, what a twist!
2: What a twist. Is he Uh, actually just Batman? When you say Mass man,
1: is he just being a Batman? He is the Batman. (laughs) I am the Batman. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, basically, Connor and Kruger Kurgan have a final duel, and Connor returns to his silver room to get Ramirez's sword for the final battle, because he's disarmed in his earlier fight with the Kurgan, so he doesn't have his sword anymore. So the the Ramirez sword at the end, he like kind of grabs back. So it's like the reverse of Kyle's <laughs> right story. That, oh, that
2: he go, he goes and gets Ramirez's sword yeah. instead of going back to get his Scottish one. Yeah, just kind of. I like that. Yeah. Well, I think there's like a there's like a real theme of these weapons here. Yeah, like, I think that's like rich material, in some way.
1: Right, and uh, I don't know. In the movie, it's just kind of like he has this sword now. Ramirez's sword. Yeah. Like. He never really explains why he takes it. Maybe it's better. I don't know. But anyway. Well, they, there's a lot of ink spilled about how it's better. Because, right, oh, doesn't yeah, Brenda right. discover it? Because yeah. it's like
2: goddamn magic in some yep. way. This is like finding a Ferrari in the yeah. 1500s
1: or He's something. He's like, shit, I'm taking this. <laughs> Yo, give me that. Yo, can I see that for a minute? <laughs> can I see that? Can I hold that? That's what I always like. No, you can't hold it. Connor and the Kurgan duel. Connor wins, and then there's the first full quickening we've seen. So in the whole movie, we don't see quickenings. That's the... Uh, Which is why they might be terror attacks. Yeah. That's that, like, that's why confusing. Basil might yeah. be involved. Yeah. So that's why...
0: Ba- that's the Basil's, fake ISIS. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Basil. 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 So the last quickening is going to be a super spectacular extravaganzoid. Uh, and that's my idea. I like it. Very nice, Amon. I like it. I like it. I like it. What's that from? That's from Hook. Is it? Yeah.
0: Who says that?
1: Dustin Hoffman. I like it. Of course, the titular Hook. Is it your turn?
0: It's my turn, guys. Do we
1: have anything else we want to say about Amon's?
0: Good job, buddy. Way to go. (laughs) Way to go, kiddo. (laughs) All right, guys. Here we go. Listen up. All attention. Eyes up front. Sorry.
2: Do you have a rhyme for that? Nope.
0: All right. New York City, 1971.
2: Ooh, period piece.
0: Yep. Our story opens on a clean subway train. A towering mysterious figure gets on the train. A mild-mannered immortal gets the buzz and looks worried. He flees. They move through the subway train.
2: Is it Michael Moore?
0: Another man follows. Uh, they exit the train uh, at the station and run to an abandoned uh, these arch yeah alcove. These are two immortals. An elaborate sword fight takes place. The towering, mysterious figure wins the fight and takes the other man 's head.
2: Does one of their swords hit the third rail and they get electrocuted <laughs> <and> the head <batted? laughs>
0: Everything goes quiet. A slow rumble passes through the station. Uh, the passing train speeds faster and faster and derails. The sprinklers go off. all the TVs and electronics for blocks go dark. Uh, when the quickening is over, the mysterious figure has collapsed on the ground, overcome with the power he's received. It is deafeningly quiet again. We see that other man is in the shadows hiding. He goes to run, but knocks over a can. His cover has been blown. The mysterious figure appears suddenly, grabs him by the neck, and kills him. The man fails, falls lifeless to the ground. His arm falls to his side, and his wrist is revealed. He has what will later be revealed to be a Watcher tattoo.
2: So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is the New York subway clean in 1971?
0: I don't know, but I know it's dirty in the 80s, so I wanted there to be a visual separation between the time periods because yeah. we're about to smash cut to 1986 and a dirty graffiti-covered train will go by. So was that was like, my thinking. Yo,
2: the 80s, blow.
0: This was also my attempt to make like a similar opening sequence to the original but accomplish something different, I suppose. Smash cut! 1986. A dirty graffiti covered train speeds by. We meet one of our heroes, a young woman named Brenda. She exits exits the train and makes her way to work at a New York City police department. She arrives on a crime scene at the old Silver Cup bakery. The factory has been utterly destroyed. No one can make heads or tails of what, what has happened here. And it will be similar circumstances to trains have derailed nearby. Like, there was a huge accident. The TVs have all gone out. The electronics. Fairly similar circumstances.
2: But wait, what happened? I don't understand. Well, maybe what find
0: what out. Happened? Oh shit! What happened? <laughs> Cut the I crowded got a and wheel, di- wagon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, crowded in dirty city streets, we meet our hero, Connor McLeod, a spry, gruff-looking uh, young man, tired, smoking. His body has been marked with scars from centuries of fighting. Why's
2: well, he got to be a smoker, man?
0: <laughs> I thought it made him grittier and more noir. I don't know <laughs> why not. If I'm could, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he only fights to save the ones he loves. He has clearly been out all night. He makes his way home to his antique store. An elderly woman is waiting there in the store watching over it. She is clearly worried and relieved to see him return home. He lives a lonely existence with no friends or family. His neighbors often invite him for dinner. He's friendly, but always declines. Our story unfolds in a series of flashbacks. Brenda is reminded of the... Are his
2: neighbors douchebags, though? Are they like I guess it's like the eighties, so like maybe they're yuppies. Are they yuppies? <laughs> yuppies. They're You're like, Yo, I just tray. got back from the trading floor. You wanna have dinner, bro? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do some coke later. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm good, guys. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Our story unfolds in a series of flashbacks. Brenda is reminded of the circumstances of her father's death. We flash back to her youth. She has been put being put to bed by that same watcher we met earlier, Joe we saw murdered at the beginning of the film he is telling her a fantastical story about warriors locked in battle to the death throughout time he describes the quickening in fantastic detail in the present brenda uses this memory to revisit the crime scene and investigate further Uh, she discovers shards of a sword embedded in the wall and gets it analyzed she visits home and looks through her father's library she finds his books on swords and history she finds a secret stash of books with watcher chronicles through the Chronicles, we're able to flash back to Scotland. Connor McLeod is a simple farmer's son. He is impatient and brash. He looks forward to battle one day. He is driven from his home by invading forces led by the Kurgan, donning a black black dragon armor. He attacks with war machines, and the farmer's simple tools are no match. What kind of war machines? Uh, like uh, maybe catapults and those sort of things. I don't know. I was remembering in the original. He shoot
1: himself out of a catapult. To
0: watch
1: watch himself into battle. Is it uh, Don Cheadle or Terrence Howard? It's War Machine.
0: machine. (laughs) Very good. Excellent. Connor is killed in the fray. (laughs) Kirk
1: fails to
0: take his head, though, and is driven off the land as the neighboring clan comes to the rescue. Connor is suddenly awakened by his immortality and banished as the devil from his village. Through montages, he flees from village to village, the Kurgan constantly in pursuit, uh, leaving death and destruction in his path. Connor is never a match for the Kurgan and is not familiar with the game. Uh, His only choice is to flee the fight. Connor makes his way as far as the shores of Japan, where he is met by an old and wise movie trope. I mean... Asian man. Uh, the man introduces himself. He has lived many lives. He is known today as Hanjo, but has gone by many names, such as Ramirez in the past.
2: Honjo trains... Does he have any, like, real degrading nicknames from when he was a teenager?
0: Oh, boy. Hanjo <laughs> trains... Dick face. <laughs> uh, that's like a real Egyptian insult, right? Dick face. Dick. <laughs> Honjo trains Connor on how to use the sword. He tells Connor a legend of a white and black dragon engaged, engaged uh, in eternal combat for the soul of the earth. Hanjo helps Connor calm his spirit, learn the ways of the sword, and meditate. One day, the Kurgan finally made his way to Japan to kill Connor.
2: Does he ever wear in the way of, like, the revenge of the
0: sword? <laughs> yes. <laughs> him and Jimmy. Jimmy sang, what was it?
1: Jimmy, Jimmy, sign my autograph. <laughs>
0: sign my autograph? Yeah. It's not... yeah, he has his own autograph <laughs> yeah. that he values, and he wants someone to sign it for him. <laughs> reveals reveals uh, the Kurgan to be a failed student of his, and sacrifices himself to allow Connor to flee. Ah. Back in the present, Brenda is still investigating the sword. She brings what information she has to Connor's antique shop for advice
2: is is donnie what's his name <laughs> is he gonna make a resurgence is who what <laughs> who what's his fake jesus christ the Eat
0: man johnny, johnny n Ed? yeah no <laughs> <laughs> what's
2: the jesus christ
0: connor he's deflected and brash i don't know he wants nothing to do with this. While in the antique store, Brenda sees things on the wall. She recollects from the stories and chronicles. She begins to get suspicious of who Connor really is. Through flashback, we see Connor return home to Scotland. His parents are now old and dying. The village has been rebuilt. Connor MacLeod is now only a legend. He meets a young woman and falls in love. Through montage, M- we see her grow old and die in his arms. In 1986, immortal battles and the investigation continue. We witness the Kurgan terrorize the city. Brenda continues to investigate these chronicles and uncover information about the Watcher organization. She finds an extremely old chronicle, and we see a flashback of a younger Kurgan who fell in love with Honjo's adopted daughter, Shakiku. Her passing drives him mad. The old chronicles will hint at an immortal as old as time itself, Mythos. Brenda feels Connor's pain and understands why he is a recluse. She brings him out of the darkness and makes him once again believe in human connections. In 1986, Brenda's investigation into the Kurgan eventually leads her to find the Kurgan himself. She's captured and being held as ransom. Connor tells his secretary goodbye as he goes off to face him in battle. We flash back to their first meeting. On the battlefields of World War I, Connor is fighting Germans and rescues a small girl, Rachel, from being killed. The town is being flooded by poisonous gas. As Connor runs away with Rachel, he gets the buzz. Far off in the distance, we see a hooked hand coming
2: to view. Ooh. It's 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 hook right yeah because
0: it's, it's they're they're basically like immortal I right I like
1: it I like it <laughs>
2: they they are immortal in that movie there's a real connection here <laughs> and
0: then finally 1986 the finale of the film arrives in Chinatown during a festival the streets are crowded there are fireworks going off and dancing dragons in the street a chase ensues Big are there double dragons now. in the street <laughs> probably Connor uses meditation to calm his nerves work his way through the crowd and block uh, and defeat the Kurgan. He grips uh, his white-headed dragon sword tightly, and a huge quickening commences, becoming indistinguishable from the fireworks and celebration below. A mysterious figure has been hiding in the shadows, watching this entire fight take place. Brenda is rescued and later returns home. The mysterious man is waiting for her. He explains that he is what is called a Watcher, and her father was a Watcher as well. He has to recruit her to the organization. He introduces himself. His name is James Horton.
1: Ooh. Ooh. He's like Samuel L. Jackson at the end of... Iron Man. <laughs> that's right. So anyway, that's mine. So I like the kind of the dragon
2: component. There's a yin-yang action going you on. You know
0: what's crazy? When I was writing this, somehow we didn't bring this up in our movie review. Like we spent a lot of time talking about the symbolism of the Kurgan as like the devil and he's a dragon in the right. movie and eventually becomes a dragon. And he's definitely the black dragon. I don't know how I missed the fact that Connor has a white dragon sword. It's like, God damn it. There's two dragons <laughs> in this movie. So I was like, oh, shit, that needs to be a bigger part of this because that seemed pretty cool.
2: There's no Chinese myth dragon in Pokemon.
0: (laughs) Have you seen that?
2: Yeah. It's because it's the best. Chinese myth dragon. I'm glad glad my only comment on yours was was to make a (laughs) reference to a 10-year-old internet video (laughs) of, like, a a bunch of, like, dudes in Brooklyn watching
1: Pokemon, Pokemon. But, no, I liked yours. Uh, Yeah. You guys both put in like movie things that I didn't really put in mind like Kyle had the radio thing and you have like the, the cuts like the the subway cuts like transitioning mm. like shots that's something I didn't really There were just like visual of. things that like the opening yeah.
0: sequence of the the, the 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 original movie is so striking like that was something yeah. I wanted to like work it's like oh what should the opening of this movie be and what should right. the final, like it took a while to figure out like where should this end like, I'm in one draft of mine, it was going to end on a subway train. Yeah. Oh, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I know in the original Highlander script, at some point it was going to be on, like, the Statue of Liberty. And mm. I was like, hey, you can do that. But in some ways, it seems cheesy.
2: But and, like, and also, X-Men already did that. Yeah.
0: I don't yeah. know. So, I, yeah. eventually, I ended up at, like, Chinatown. And it was part of the, like, that dragon theme kind of came back and cool the fireworks setting. and that sort of yeah. stuff. And having it be very messy there, like, lots of people in the street and scuffling and...
1: People in the streets. The dancing in the streets. I'd say dragon in the streets. streets. In the
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm a dragon in the streets and a... Double dragon double. in the, the streets. <laughs> sure. Hey, should we read some fan submissions? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, cop. Well, you want to read the first one? Yeah. The first submission is submission 155 from Matthew W. Highlander,
2: present day movie opens to a hooded figure walking through a dimly lit alley. Two men are talking amongst each other, and at the far end of the alley, the hooded figure comes to advance. The man asks the hooded figure to identify himself. The hooded figure says nothing and continues to advance. The men snap their fingers, and all of a sudden, men start appearing out of nowhere and begin attacking the hooded man. The hooded man dispatches each opponent with ease. Two to three punch combos, and the men are dropping like flies. The hooded man never uh, slows his approach. The hooded figure reaches the final two men and makes quick work of them. The hooded man lifts one of the thugs from the ground straight into the air and says, Where is he? The hooded man shouts. That wasn't much of a shout, but you get the idea. (laughs) (laughs) The thug just slumps over, and the hooded man drops him straight to the ground. A sound in the distance causes the hooded man to take off his hood. And looks somewhere blindly into a street lamp. This reveals Connor as the hooded man.
1: What? What?
2: Then flashback to Connor, looking into the morning sun, fully dressed in a kilt and ready for battle. This flashback will show McLeod's first death at fighting in a clan battle. When Connor arises from the dead, he is banished from his clan for devil worship. This is when Ramirez discovers Connor, tells him that he is immortal, and invites Connor to be part of something bigger. Ramirez has been traveling the world, finding young immortals like Connor to be part of a secret immortal order created to protect the world from the greatest evil until the time of the gathering. Ramirez is the leader of the order, as well as the teacher. The first lesson Ramirez teaches his student is, in the end, there can be only one... Ramirez's goal is to foster just and honorable immortals to increase the chances that the last of them will be good and pure of heart. One student of Ramirez's students is too obsessed with the coming the last of immortals and winning the prize. A student by the name of Kurgan. He foreseeks the Secret Order's teaching and betrays Ramirez uh, and the other students, killing them all. All except Connor McCloud. Connor vows vengeance on the Kurgan and chases him through the centuries. So confused by revenge and hatred, Connor does not allow himself to live a full life and has no time for love. No time for anyone, only his selfish quest for revenge for his mentor and friends. Connor has a very dark and jaded personality. He is no enemy of mankind, but he doesn't owe them any favors either. This gives Connor a little bit of an anti-hero edge. It isn't until he accidentally bumps into Natalie, Connor's watcher, that he begins to see that somewhere through the centuries of hate, he has lost himself. Natalie falls in love with Connor, breaking all the rules of her sworn oath as a watcher. Together, they track down the Kurgan to finish it once and for all. However, the tone of the moody subtly changes from revenge to redemption and rediscovering what is truly important about life and the duty to what is right. Connor kills the Kurgan, puts his hatred to bed, but doesn't feel he can be a true hero for the world. Only time will tell. There are still plenty of immortals left, in, and the time of the gathering is still to come. For now, Connor is going to give love a chance for once. Oh, Aww. I liked that. It also it incorporated something that you would brought into yours which was that the kurgan was a former student of ramirez as well i think that's like a a useful trope sure to give them a connection beyond just that he killed his teacher i think that that like does work
1: yeah that i like yeah them having a connection somehow just feels good where in the original movie the kurgan wants connor for reason for game reason yeah and it's like it's just, like, it's that's not there's nothing to, like, grab onto. It's just, like, I'm the bad guy because. Mm. And, I, yeah, them having some sort of greater connection is good.
0: Hey, Amen. you're up next with Submission 206 from Colton D. Oh,
1: yeah. <clears throat> I'm just going to read this whole email. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. Okay. <laughs> I just read it. I made up that last no, time. I should <laughs> just wrote that shit on the fly. <laughs> Matt W. is my secret alter ego. Oh. He starts out with a compliment. Hello, I love the podcast. You guys understand the complex relationship fans have with the series and films. A great idea that hasn't always gone in the best direction, but always fun. Personally, I feel Highlander is too big of an idea to remake into a single film. I think to do it justice, it would have to be done as a series for HBO, your home box office, or AMC. I don't know what those letters stand for. American American Movie Movie Classics. uh Oh,
0: Is it classics or channel? I don't know. Uh uh, Spaghetti (laughs) goes. Right in.
1: (laughs) 10 to 12 nail-biting episodes with a cliffhanger season finale. Some of the concepts I would bring into a remake is to change the idea of the game. I think it would be interesting if during the Renaissance, some immortals started to question whether there was really a game or if immortality was just another fact of nature. Eventually, there would be a group of immortals who don't believe there could ever be one final immortal, with new immortals popping up every once in a while, and that the immortals shouldn't be killing each other at all. This is similar to what the Ron Perlman mythos preached to Richie in later seasons of the TV show. Yeah, I'm sorry, Colton, but the pitch was for a movie, (laughs) not a TV show. Your pitch was, don't do it, (laughs) it fails.
0: Although I will agree with Galton that I do think it will work better as a TV show. Like, I agree, too. Uh, I mean, I think yeah. a movie will be fine. True, sure. I think a standalone movie especially will be fine. Yeah. But the format,
1: I think, works... Better for TV. Yep. I agree. <laughs> yes. Did the Beatles just come to the studio? Hello. I like Islander. <laughs> All right, next it's up. It's a great movie.
0: <laughs> next is from Guatam S., Hey, Rewatchers, my name is... It's Gotham. Gotham. There it is. It says right there, pronounce <laughs> Gotham. I love your show, but we have not read any of these. These have been in a sealed envelope, so I love your show, and it rekindles my my dare, I say, obsessive love of Hi- the Highlander franchise? Dare. Dare. Dare, indeed. <laughs> I have been a fan since the first movie, loving the other movies, the series, the books, and even the CCG. For my pitch, I would go with the new Highlander TV series instead of a movie. No, Yo, you're, you're already just. You, you have been disqualified, disqualified. <laughs> Gotham.
1: Cool name. Disqualified, bro. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm crushing. Him off my does he list. have anything good to say <laughs> uh
0: yeah i guess yeah let's
1: let's give you did we say we definitely said movie right oh there. yeah <laughs> oh <could> be... <laughs> yeah
2: oh yeah it could not be more clear um, Oh
0: yeah
1: <laughs> my idea for a movie is not a movie nope <laughs> you're crossed off the list you and colton
0: gotham has submitted a five series out, five season outline like it says Ooh. what happens in each season connor Fling involvement in multiple homicides at the end of season one he would travel to paris for season two there would be training and new immortals as the two learn of the existence of the watchers and the- this is all the same we've seen this before season three would mark the hunt for the methuselah stone yes like in the show is this just a recap of the show sorry <laughs> 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 it uh, sounds
1: like gotham's just doing another <laughs> remake of the tv show <laughs>
0: we've seen
2: this movie before that's right. season five we only it's kinda... not a movie
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay i believe that if i'm reading this correctly quickly this is an outline for highlighted the show the series produced from 1995 to 1990 or 1992 to 1998 uh and the name duncan has been replaced with connor that is basically the way this is reading to me very good thank you for listening gotham <laughs> very good uh,
2: All right, all right Here you go, Kyle Sock it to me This one comes from Rob Thanks, Rob Continuity is key to Highlander The rules, backstories, and future plans must be ironed out And adhered to unflinchingly From the start for the ongoing success of the franchise Respect for what is previously made Respect! (laughs) (laughs) For the, the make the franchise popular And the fans responsible for its success as well, must be given. Bringing back cast and crew with prior involvement with the saga, as well as newer experts in the franchise, is crucial. He then lists a bunch of people who are involved in the, the, the previous show that should come back, including himself. He's Excuse a, me? He's a character in this? He's an actor? he, but- he no, I don't know who he is, but he wants to be a creative consultant, according to this list.
0: Oh, Okay. <laughs> Wait, really?
2: Uh, <laughs> he, he says it, and he says, yes, me, in parentheses. <laughs> That's episode, kind of funny. As creative consultants. I like it. Moxie. Mm-hmm. Uh, also <laughs> suggests that the new music be provided by Linkin Park and Evanescence. Nope. No <laughs> uh, way. Guys.
1: Absolutely not. Guys, I try so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. I had to fall. To lose it all.
0: (laughs) Oh, I kind of like that idea of doing like a Sinatra style, like just saying, sing, sing, saying, (laughs) sing, saying, Lincoln Park lyrics.
1: I'm sorry, Rob. We're actually in a a 2017 movie. The soundtrack is not going to be provided by Evanescence (laughs) and Lincoln Park. Park. Dude. Yo, but eighth grade
2: Kyle would be so into that
1: movie. Oh, I'd be pumped! I'd be watching Dragon Ball Z music videos with Lincoln Park music. In
2: the <laughs> back. So, like, I was thinking that in my version, like Connor should do the KO can attack to defeat yeah. the
1: Kurgan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, destructive disc, baby. Yeah. Anyway,
2: uh, adding in aspects from other franchises, including The Immortal, Forever, The Crow, The Prophecy, the historical Highlander romance novels. Uh,
0: Wait, things are colliding now, right? Like the crow makes
2: an appearance. A multimedia canvas like the recent Marvel cinematic universe are essential. I don't think he's actually going to discuss the plot of the new movie. Okay. There's no plot here. So this is just a general, do it like this? This is just a series of suggestions. (laughs) (laughs) The new rebooted franchise must learn from the. I think there's supposed to be mistakes of the original. The initial entry cannot be made or viewed as a standalone film with a definitive ending wherein the gathering happens and the prize is won. The new franchise cannot make the same mistakes in advertising as its predecessors. It needs to be on move beyond simply being a swashbuckling adventure fantasy. The historical romance needs to be played up, okay, yeah, no, there's no plot here. It's Very time for good. Highlander to rightfully claim it's much deserved and long overdue place among the greatest multimedia franchises like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Bond, and Star Trek. From Rob. Um, so,
1: disqualified. Disqualified. <laughs> Did we Just, say there needed to be plot?
2: It's a reboot. We asked <laughs> for the elevator pitch on a reboot.
1: Reboot. Did we fuck
2: this up somehow? I don't think so. I don't think so. Wake
1: me up and
0: say. I don't it. think he's disqualified for no plot. I will. I think he's disqualified for Lincoln Park. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hang on. Oh! oh. All good suggestions though. Uh, some good
1: suggestions. <laughs>
2: Maybe cut that out. There, there's, Wait, there's, no. There's... I'm gonna do it one more time.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you, Rob. Though we we appreciate it. Uh,
2: we try so hard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> one thing, <laughs> <laughs> <We> disqualified. <laughs> oh we're assholes guys yes all also, right we've had one successful submission so far we've had three disqualified submissions
2: all right so guys i'm just gonna go ahead and say i'm gonna need to reread our facebook post that there's a 30 percent chance this is our fault i don't think so it's i mean that's still it's still
0: more i think, I think we left it fault. pretty open yeah but i think we said what would your pitch be for a movie yeah a reboot of the original highlander movie right so Anyone who says we're doing a TV show is definitely is Definitely, out. definitely yeah. disqualified. Yep. Not that I disagree, but that's not the game. Yeah,
1: Guys, could you wake up inside?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you know all these lyrics, too. Bring yeah, me to life. Don't, pre- <laughs> don't pretend you don't.
1: We used to rock out to Linkin Park. <laughs> yeah, man. But what about Evanescence?
0: I saw Linkin Park live. Yeah, yeah. I saw,
1: oh, live. Live. Mm, with Jay-Z? Did they do a thing with Jay Z? Lincoln Park and Jay Z have an album and like went on tour together. Whoa, Lincoln Park and Jay Z. He like Jay Z is a real guy. Yes, <laughs> he's a real boy. I, mean, That's I guess Lincoln Park was really popular at one they point. They were. But,
0: I saw them at uh, in Philly. What was like? WI? Not uh, what was the radio station? Doesn't even exist anymore. WMMR? No, it was like the Feast Y100? of Why 100. y 100? Uh, what was it called? y 100? Yeah uh, right. Yeah, and they would do these like concerts every year, and it was like five bands. It was like it was like Linkin Park, Nickel. I saw Ooh, Nickelback, Nickelback live. Uh, I don't know. My girlfriend at the time was really into all that stuff, mm. so we went couldn't, along and couldn't get it. It poor man stealing. Ridiculous. Is this is this
2: ha- is this how we remind you of how you really are? <laughs> Keith, it's not like you to say sorry. All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Next entry. Okay. Oh, I was just say Rob.
1: Thanks for participating. Yeah. You're great. Thank you, Rob. We still think you're great. Yeah. Keep listening. Yeah. We appreciate
2: appreciate you genuinely.
1: Yeah. We're all having a good time here. (laughs) (laughs) But you are disqualified. (laughs) (laughs) Emphatically. I really need to pee up right back. Sure. Yeah. What is up next? Amen. So next we have a uh, submission from Dominic S. Hello, Dominic. Hey, Dom. He writes, hey, guys. Congratulations. Your contest about a pitch for a reboot of the remake for the... What? <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a great Dominic.
2: start. You can do it, Eamon.
1: I believe in you. <laughs> Congratulations. Your contest about a pitch for a reboot or a remake for the original Highlander movie and or whole franchise is a great one. And it is also a very hard thing to do because I can see literally half a dozen ways to either remake or reboot Highlander. Also, even though English is not my mother tongue... It's hard to write a mini-treatment with a maximum of 500 words. You are correct, Dominic. Whoops! (laughs) If I'd be in charge of on a studio level, I'd probably go with a solid remake of the original movie. It's the most promising approach regarding the need for recouping money and making it a success in order to rebuild the franchise as a cinematic universe for a whole new audience generation. It might be tough to remake the original movie, but that's the issue with every remake because people will start to compare from the moment you announce the first cast member. But even though the movie is iconic in every way, I think its themes are more valuable and universal. And so you can recast and retell the story of Connor McLeod and his fight with the Kurgan and immortality. Just dust off the old script and pump some fresh blood into it. Spill some blood on the screen. The movie doesn't need violence, but please don't make it a PG-13 bubblegum experience. It was rated R, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, It was definitely rated R. Yeah. Those beheadings, people get called like the actual F word.
0: Boobs. The
1: actual F word -word is boobs. boobs. Oh, there are boobs in it. There are boobs. That Christopher Lambert suckles upon.
2: (laughs) The PG-13 isn't
1: for the boobs, (laughs) it's for the suckling. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Dominic. <That's> uh, gross. <laughs> what he does? I
0: know the <laughs> phrase "suckle." He suckles Lampere upon, suckling it. upon.
1: <laughs> on Roxanne Hart's
2: teat. Anyway, this is actually we're all actually just reading a transcript of
1: the reboot right now. <laughs> no, this is all in Dominic's email. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, and don't use a retro soundtrack. No cover versions of Queen, because one might think the audience will love it. They will not.
0: <laughs> so that's very,
1: accurate accurate yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that we yeah well, we, what
2: if lincoln park covered <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. then i'm down
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, man, was, when we talk about the some source. rap
1: some rap interspers oh, rap, in rap breaking between. <laughs> yeah oh. yep.
2: i'm highlander and i'm here to say it's how to take heads in a mortal way if <laughs> that's good nothing oh. about
1: that is good oh, okay <laughs> no there is no other queen no replacement that was lightning in a bottle. You can't recreate that. So find some fresh new voices, and the audience will not compare with Queen because they don't need to. Okay. Now that we have that out of the way, my writer self likes to present my 500 words pitch for a Highlander reboot.
2: Ooh, that was a good way to handle it. He handled yeah. flavor up front and separated it from the pitch. That was smart. Mm-hmm. I th- I think, smart. I think we should allow it. I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, I mean, his actual pitch... I guess is 500 words. But. Good good work, Dom. You're right. You you worked the system.
0: That's I, a German I, I, ingenuity. Yeah, that's what I, it is. I
1: give
2: it a thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs up. Two, actually. Two. Thumbs up.
1: So he's calling it simply the Highlander. April 1746. Culloden Moore, young Highlander Ian, stands in line as a loyal servant to the British rulers in Cumberland's army. He's already tired of fighting, but he has to fulfill his duty. Within the legendary battle against Charles Edward Stuart, he discovers a huge, brutal fighter among the Highlanders, supporting Bonnie Prince Charlie. He enters a fight with the deadly warrior and is able to stab him. As he turns his back on him, the man gets back to life and stabs Ian as well. But Ian's not dead. He comes back to life right at the time when Cumberland's army starts to slaughter the prisoners and the witnessing women. Ian realizes that he chose the wrong side and he can't stay there any longer. When he deserted, his own men shot him. It's after he wakes up again that he starts to realize what he became. Shortly after that, he meets an immortal Hessian mercenary named Carl. Carl tells him all about the immortals and their rules and offers Ian to teach him how to survive the game. Ian struggles with his new life, not only because he soon starts to realize that it means to lose everything, because it fades away in the time's passing, but also because he doesn't want to fight ever again. He feels the guilt of the terror he already unleashed on the world himself. He thinks about laying down his sword, and if this means there will be another immortal coming to kill him soon, that's fine for him. Ian and Carl travel through Europe, while Carl tries to talk Ian back into the game and show him that life is still worth living. Eventually, they end up in Paris, where Ian starts a new existence. One day, that huge, brutal highlander, a man that goes by the name Connor, no clan, no vintage... (laughs)
0: No, nice. oh, that's
2: awesome. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Also, I'm already loving this just because this is the first time we've really seen the script flipped by anyone. Yeah, so. that's true. Nice job, first Thomas. script so, flipper. I'm um, I'm way into this already.
1: He's a script flipper, 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 faster than lightning.
2: <laughs> oh man, knowing you'll see. <laughs>
1: i don't know the next line it's smarter than he uh flipper good pull on those flipper lyrics uh that's what that's what people are in it for these deep
2: flipper cuts deep flipper cut it's not even that deep it's the opening theme song (laughs) flipper cut. it's just the acknowledgement that there's a show called flipper yeah deep
1: flipper cut okay same dolphin (laughs) different porpoise one day a huge brutal highlander A man that goes by the name Connor, no clan, no vintage, appears again and defeats Carl in a duel. Ian has to witness the event unarmed and unable to save his mentor, but he escapes Connor's sword and picks up his own steel again to join the Battle of the Immortals. There's a lot of preparation for him to do, life to live, and love to be found until he and Connor meet again. 2017, The City of Angels. A highland menace reappears again. Connor, now a freelance terrorist with the police nicknamed the Highlander, <laughs> whoa, attacks a facility for biological warfare and steals a deadly virus. He plans to unleash it on the world to sort out the immortals in order to kill them all. After all these years of killing, he's tired and life has no more value to him. No need to rule mankind, only the need to be the last one to survive and win the game. Ian, now in peace with his anger and his roots in the Scottish Moors, faces Connor for one last time because they both know that in the end, there can be only one. This short exposition so that the reboot would still remain faithful to the general structure of the original movie and is still handling the same themes. I thought it might be interesting to turn the characters a bit and make the Highlander the new Kurgan. Since our hero has his roots also deep in the highlands of Scotland, we'll be able to make the brand name Highlander something positive during the course of the movie as well. When the movie's done, Ian will not be the last immortal standing. There are still others, but they will no longer talk about the Highlander in a bad way, thinking about Connor, but in a positive way, thinking about Ian. There's something redeeming not only for our protagonist and his past he has to struggle with from the beginning, but also for the name Highlander. This will be the starting point for potential sequels.
2: I like it. Very good job, Nama. Yeah, and like it's when you when the virus plot got mentioned initially, I was like, hmm. But then like there's like a weird sense to it. It's like oh, like it would make sense for there to be like a kind of apocalyptic immortal. It's like oh, this will sort it all out. Like yeah, there will be only us then.
0: Also, I like the fact that if you're familiar with the uh, the screenwriting terminology, that sort of virus device that would drive the plot is called a McGuffin. Which is, uh... Is it a MacGuffin? A MacGuffin device, yeah. But that, that to me is kind of uh, from the Highlands as well, as it were. It's name mm. itself. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. My name is Duncan MacGuffin. <laughs> the MacGuffin. Duncan the clan MacGuffin. MacGuffin. That's great. That was really fantastic. Nice that job, was good. Donovan.
1: Yeah, this is good. Very good. I like this, yeah.
0: Submission number 88 from Mike E. Here we go, guys. Mikey. E. Mike E, hey! Hey, yo, Mikey! He likes it. My idea for the new movie is actually more of a prequel. Ooh. The movie I have in mind would answer all of the questions. Ooh. How Ooh. did it start for the Immortals? How did the game begin? Who was the first Immortal?
2: Is it, is it a start on planet Zeist? <laughs> Who made the <laughs> rules of the game?
0: Was it the Zeist Masters? <laughs> the Zeist Masters. What happens when the rules are broken? Why do veteran and seasoned Immortals train new Immortals? How do the Immortals know what the prize is? So... I'd have to focus on this film being, the, uh, being on the first of The Immortals and have it take place in a way, way, way distant past. The protagonist will be focusing on dealing with becoming immortal. Mythos could be the focus of the movie. A new character in the Highlander world can be introduced, that of a guardian of some sort. Someone who lives in a far-off place, like in the caves, and is from supernatural origins. He is from a council from a different world... And through their psychic abilities, they knew about the arrival of immortals.
2: I am on the edge of my seat. Yes. Mm. So, like, so he's so this guardian's from planet Zeist, and he's also the guardian from the source.
0: Yep. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Go on. The
2: guardian is sent on the galaxy. It's actually just Rocket Raccoon (laughs) is the star (laughs) of this movie.
0: The guardian is sent on a quest along with his fellow guardians in search of the um, origin immortals. Then the rules and laws of the game are explained to them. We see Mythos going through the stages uh, in his life, uh, going from a good man and the changes he goes through with the death of his family and friends. Then he goes on a dark path. The movie would be a combination. Epic, fantasy, sci-fi, supernatural, action, and adventure. Included in this movie would be Amir's from Shadow of Obsession. Uh, huh? we, I think that's a thing we haven't covered yet. Fair enough. Uh, we see the formation of the Watchers, as well as a glimpse of the Kurgans as a race of people. Whoa. We see Mythos travel to Egypt and Albion. Cayenne uh, from The Captive Soul is also featured in this movie. Also, we get to see a flashback of Mythos and Helen of Troy. During the journey, we find I out heard,
1: that... I hear she's pretty. <laughs> she are pretty, Helen launched, of Troy. some boats yeah, or something? Yeah,
0: you look pretty, Helen. <laughs> la- launched a lot of ships. Yeah. During the journey, we find out that the Kurgan was born somewhere along the Caspian Sea. In another scene, we see that the Kurgan's father tries to kill him and leaves him for dead. Later, we see the Kurgan kills him in revenge and takes the family's sheep home. Oh, like, I gotta get their sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Claiming a bear got to him. We see that later, the Kurgan leaves his tribe and joins a group of bandits. This is hard to
2: track. <laughs> yeah. So the Kurgan's a bandit now, uh, tracking. Is it point, still like a gajillion BC at this point?
0: Maybe. At a point in his life, Mythos joins up with Kronos and is influenced by him. They eventually meet Silas and Caspian. We also find out the Kurgan became immortal and eventually encountered uh, a Bedouin, Arab, who taught him about his immortality. Mythos and company enslaved Cassandra and wiped out her tribe, making her immortal in the process. Takni Ramirez was born in an Egyptian city. We see him become immortal by getting run over by a car. By a a truck. (laughs) By a cart in the streets. And then we eventually see him receiving the samurai katana. The end. The
1: end? <laughs> the end. Oh. So what? P- plotless? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't either. I like the idea of like a Highlander movie going way back and like tracking the first immortal. That's a cool I, idea. I kind of do. I don't feel like that's a reboot
2: though. Yeah. Also, like I am very anti explaining things yeah in fantasy mm-hmm. yeah. like i don't need midichlorians i don't need the source it's one of those no. things, like you just like ex- like accept it and move on because yeah. like the more you think about it it'll like fall apart on its own way yeah it's better it's like so infinitely better to have no explanation than even an okay explanation an okay explanation isn't good enough it's got to be, like, you either need to fucking nail it, and it has to be awesome, or you're better off with no explanation. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of... is generally my thought in fantasy. Like, if it's an amazing reveal, cool. Yeah. But, I, like, chlorians, like, suck it. Uh,
0: I like in this... Like, I like the mythos as a main character and the four horsemen, and, like, I feel like you could definitely could make a Highlander-esque movie that just deals with, like like very heavy on the flashbacks. Like it's really about like, what has this person lived through and what's, what have they changed and how are they dealing with that in present? time? I mean, you would probably need some sort of conflict. Like, I mean, we see that in the TV show, like where the conflict is more about like, I didn't forgive you for this thing you did. And we get to just see flashbacks of Mythos' life throughout time about, like, well, what is this... How has his life changed because of his immortality? And should he be forgiven or not? And, like, that's right. the plot of the movie. So, I mean, I kind of like that aspect of it. I feel yeah. like there's something to this, like, deep history.
1: I yeah. there was like, and a the, conflict, the of... like you said, though. There's kind of no, like... Like, <laughs> where the movie just ends. You know what I mean? He
0: gets his yeah. sword credits around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, like...
2: I also like the idea of doing a prequel movie that, like maybe maintain some of the continuity of at least the original movie. Yeah. But it needs more substance on its own. Like I could totally see a movie where like Mythos or Ramirez is the same character.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like they they just are the same character and it all just takes place before Highlander. Yeah. That could work. Yeah. Um, like that would make a lot of sense. And like, you would just like have this Easter egg floating off there mm-hmm. somewhere that like one day the events that you've already seen will happen. Yeah. But like it shouldn't be so dependent on it. Right. I guess. This comes from Tinsley. Hello, Rewatchers. My reboot would follow the same formula of the original, but with some major improvements. Ooh. The opening would have Connor, Chris Pratt, meeting Facile, Ethan Hawke, and discussing Ooh. the prize instead of the fight from the original. Facile would then walk away being more level headed, but he would then be struck down by the Kurgan, played by Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Is he trying to transport Fasil's head elsewhere? I think so. (laughs) Is that that what's happening? That's the plot of Transporter 4. He's actually just the Kurgan. His accent is in place uh, due to his long tear through the London in the 1800s, and he is implied to be Jack the Ripper. Hmm. Connor escapes, and the plot advances with Brenda's role going to Anna Faris. Nice. More chemistry. For Ramirez, Clancy Brown would be a good throwback, with the villain becoming the hero. For the ending, instead of Connor winning the prize, I would follow your guy's idea. Fuck yeah, and have him. S- <laughs> excuse me, just yeah, uh, <laughs> and have him say that he uh, that he had won this part of the gathering, and he would need to travel to the next battleground. But allowing Brenda to come along for music, I would keep the Prince's. I guess of the universe that to me is is Highlander, but I would incorporate eighties love and rock songs such as. Metal health for Kurgan, dust in the wind for the sad o- sad parts, parenthetical, TV shout out! <laughs> <laughs> I know this will probably never see the light of day, but it is a kind of magic to me. Thanks for the screen time, if I get some.
1: Well, thanks, Tinsley. Yeah, thank you. Thank uh, you. Interesting stuff in there. I mean, do we agree that it would be way better than the original? I don't know. What's this
2: different than the original? <laughs> I don't remember. What. It has different casting. Oh. There are different humans in it.
0: Okay, so this is just a recasting. Mostly, and the game doesn't end. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: Hmm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. And there's one on down the road. Uh.
1: What do we got next, Keith? Okay, this is from Scott V. Highlander rewatched Highlander reboot outline by Scott V. If it came down to just us two, would you take my head? The film opens, and we meet Connor McLeod, an archaeologist living in London. Having just led an expedition to his native Scotland, he returns to his new home. As he is cataloging artifacts, they remind him of the time he buried them there. Oh, uh, I, I do like the idea that he's a archaeologist. Yeah, that's neat. yeah, that's, that's cool. A good,
2: that's a good immortal.
1: In six, that's a good immortal job. That's a good immortal. In 16th century Scotland, a young warrior called Connor leads the Clan Macleod in battle. While on the battlefield, Connor meets a giant of a man, the Kurgan. The giant slays Connor and tries to take his head, but the flow of battle carries the warrior away. Hours later, Connor revives in front of his family, a fatal wound healing before their eyes. Frightened, the village casts him out. He is now immortal. That's revolting! <laughs> Later, we see him happy in the Highlands. Oh, yeah. He is married to a radiant woman. One day, an ancient, dashing swordsman comes along. <laughs> he gives McLeod all the training and expertise he needs and tells him about the prize and the quickening, the release of power and knowledge when one immortal kills another.
2: I've, I've seen this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the prize is what all the immortals fight for. It will be given to the last immortal left alive, and the belief is that it will leave the victor as the most powerful thing ever. If the Egyptian Ramirez has a flaw, it's that he's greedy. Uh. He's always after something more. More skills, more power, more women. One night, Ramirez's greed gets the better of him, and he attempts to seduce Connor's wife. She orders him to leave, and McLeod is torn by his friend's actions as he watches him leave. Connor and his wife spend many happy years together after this. After she dies, Connor buries anything that reminds her of him and leaves for pastures new. In the present day, Connor finds a card on his step with an address. He meets Ramirez and they have a heartfelt talk. Ramirez apologizes for his actions and Connor forgives him. They part ways. Huh. Cut to the Kurgan, surprising Ramirez. The battle is fierce, but Ramirez wins. He receives the Kurgan's quickening all that power, all that experience, all that anger. Uh-oh. He goes on a rampage. Now that the Kurgan is gone, he starts actively taking heads. Connor does not approve, but believes that Ramirez is still good and he successfully seduces Connor's wife. Oh, <laughs> yikes. This is a whole like cuckold theme in this yeah. thing. Or Connor's fiance, excuse me. And Still the younger works. immortal <laughs> sees Red. He pursues Ramirez and it becomes clear that Ramirez wants to be the last one standing. Knowing that his friend is basically gone, he fights Ramirez with all of his skill and disarms him. With his sword at the Egyptian's neck, he offers to let Ramirez live if he'll stop killing. Ramirez refuses, so Connor kills Ramirez. Now he must rebuild his life. He may be in pieces, but there are plenty of immortals out there. Plenty of battles to be fought in a world of uncertainty. He knows that he is Connor MacLeod of the Clan MacLeod. Cuckled MacLeod of the Cuckled McLeod. <laughs> <The> Cuckled. <laughs> so this is like similar to uh, Kyle's reimagining. Yeah, yeah. The the flipping of Ramirez being a villain. It's only really different in that and in that he's an archaeolo- al- archaeologist. Or archaeolo- uh, ring pop. That's right.
0: <laughs> I like the idea of him taking his head. That int- that's like from the series, the dark quickening sort Duh. of thing. Like, he took yeah. a bad person's head, so it becomes bad.
1: But then won't well, well, Connor come bad?
0: Yeah, right. He's too tough for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's He's a better dude. Better dude. Totally rude, dude. Thank you, Scott.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Okay, next we got uh, submission from Jill. Jill S. Ready? We got battle royale meets Wolf's Reign. Mm. What meets what? <laughs> I don't know any of this.
1: Battle royale is oh, a Japanese the, the Japanese movie, movie about like the world's and worst high school book. Yeah, yeah. Picture, and Wolf's <laughs> Rain is an anime.
0: Picture this: two warriors locked in battle. I'm there with you. Both incredibly powerful, both incredibly skilled. One grins like a madman and fights like the devil. The other fights like a devil too, but his smile is feral like a wolf. Yeah. So we've got a wolf versus a <laughs> devil wolf? <laughs> or a devil versus a. Go on. <laughs> uh, what do they fight for, you ask? Ostensib- uh, 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 <laughs> ostensibly, the fate of the world. But to each man, they really only fight to be masters of their own destiny.
1: Ooh. That's the a end. lyric
0: from a Quin qu-
1: qu- song. <laughs> a Quin song. A Quin song. Perfect.
0: We see scenes and flashes some hundreds, some thousands of years ago. A baby girl, newborn, naked and alone in a bamboo grove, is stumbled upon by a woodcutter who takes her home. And he and his wife raise her as their own. A newborn baby boy found on the tundra by a foraging woman who marvels at being alive and decides to take him home and raise him as her own. Another newborn baby boy found in a city of Egypt... Oh this is a lot of newborn baby boys. Well, I, I get the setup though I newborn guess this baby is boy. We're, <laughs> but baby I, I kind of like this this is a bunch of like we're seeing the begin like these are all the players I guess yeah. we're getting introduced to Ooh. as family. foundlings, foundlings right. yeah another newborn baby girl rescued and adopted by a tribe uh, on the savannah. Another baby boy or girl, unknown, crying in the night.
2: <laughs> All uh, the others we've seen, like, straight-up genital yeah, shots, so we could tell. It starts
0: on the genitals.
2: <laughs> yeah, so we could tell. <laughs> <laughs> but this one's ambiguous. We don't know who it is.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that was too much. Uh, uh, um Either ignored or simply unheard. In the morning, there only remain scraps for animals torn apart in the night. Yes. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. Whoa. So one of these baby boys or girls... Did not get rescued and was torn apart in the night.
1: <laughs> Whoa!
0: <laughs> okay, yowza! A young man in Scotland, 500 years ago, Connor MacLeod is mortal, mortally injured uh, in a battle against a rival clan, and yet after he dies, he wakes to life again. Driven by superstition and fear, the people who had loved him all his life drive him out, sure that Connor is dead and this is only an evil monster in his place—a fetch, a changeling. Nice. Forced to flee his home, Connor eventually finds love with the glorious Heather. Uh, And they are happy together until another person just like him comes. It is a woman of powerful frame, yet beautiful and wise and somehow ageless. She says that they are immortal and that they have to fight each other only until one remains. After which, that one will rule over all humanity. And someone named the Kurgan wants to kill Connor. So she trains Connor and teaches him to do battle for his life in a one-on-one duel. She tells him they must not fight on holy ground, that only if he loses his head, he will die for good. (laughs) Eventually, the Kurgan kills the woman, but Connor and his wife, Heather, get away unscathed because of her sacrifice. The years travel fast, and Heather ages and eventually dies. And Connor lives and keeps living, until finally, in this day and age, he and the Kurgan are the only immortals left, and they will fight the final battle for the soul of humanity. Okay. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't seen a Lady Highlander yet. Yeah. That's true. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, this I kind of like the setup. At least, that that's the, th- the b- biggest thing that's different in this is that this introduction is presumably introducing like six people.
2: Yeah. Who are the other people, though? We got six intros, but not six characters. I don't know. Oh. We
0: never. I, I, my guess is five hundred words hit the limit, and yeah. it was like send. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There can be only six. <laughs> Uh so yeah, I'd be curious about what these all these other characters do. Yeah. I'm sure we'll hear from them in another movie or something.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Jill. Thank you, Jill. Called The Acadian. Cold open, ocean floor, precarious blypane wreckage slowly tips, reveals a body that begins to drift drift upward. Zoom in on the barnacled bearded face of Stormbringer. Ooh. Eyes open. Creepy grin. Beatific? I don't know that word. Anyway, opening scene. Issa, the Akkadian, infiltrates the Vatican archives and is stopped by a monk named Darius. Flashback to Roman Gaul, where Centurion Darius unintentionally intercepts an immortal pursuing Issa and gets his first quickening and then learns from her about the game. Present, Darius gives her... A Watcher Codex, and warns that those who pry into the mysteries of the game's origins risk the wrath of the judges, grim spectral figures who enforce the rules. Mm. Intertwine Potlines. Uh, investigate Ancient Ruin Temple-slash-Arena. Interrogate Corrupt and Fractured Watcher Order, parenthetical. Most serve one or more immortals. Nevis Washer Sidekicks. Bearers of rumors of Stormbringer resurfacing. All right. So then there's some flashbacks. In ancient Mesopotamia and or India, Issa wonders if she is an avatar of Shiva and mentors the immortal uh, physician, a.k.a. Pliny the Elder. Mm. That's fun. So a good beer. Mm-hmm. Early immortals are told the laws by mortal prophets uh, driven by visions. Immortals have supernatural talents passed through on through the quick quickening. They can influence weather, healing, cloud minds, and do like wujia style jumps. So, like, they've got superpowers. All right. And they, like, I guess absorb them by quickening each other. Is that a word?
0: Quickening each <laughs> other. <each> quicken- yeah.
2: <laughs> is, is that just banging? I quickened you. Quicken yeah. loans. <laughs> <laughs> quicken <and learn>. loans. <laughs> We're not just tax accounting software anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Flashback to King Louis Fourteenth. And we have a love affair with Darius and a duel with the Stormbringer. Flashback again. Duel with the Stormbringer on the wings of an eye on the biplane. Issa escapes with a parachute. That sounds like fun. I'd see some immortals fighting on a biplane. It would be like a sky circus thing. Yeah. That sounds cool. Um, Stormbringer catches up with them at an old church, but uses his dark powers to desanctify the holy ground. Whoa. Hey-o. Hey-o. <laughs> uh,
0: does, that, does that
2: mean he peed on it? <laughs> Darius sacrifices himself by interfering, allowing Issa to escape, but forfeiting his life Whoa. to the judges. Huh? Mm. We see the terror on his face, but not the apparition. Huh? to be continued
1: sent from iphone <laughs> <laughs> all right so I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna blow blow marco up a little bit Uh-oh. he sent this to me on new year's eve night and he was typing it on his phone across from me
0: <laughs> <the same>
1: <laughs> and i was like you better finish it it's almost midnight i thought that was funny that is right. but that i can is, say that, that extra he funny. did submit this on time on time Thank that's you, marco. really funny thanks Wait, Margaret, what please? do we think of so, I like the concept that there's like
2: spectral enforcers for the rules. Yeah, I think it's that's kind of cool. fun.
0: Although, I mean, in some ways, for me, that, de- that delves into the. It's being explained too much. Yes. Yeah, like, I'm like, like
2: okay. Just, it's the, the rules because they're the rules. Yeah. And everyone follows them.
1: I like the idea that I don't know what an Akkadian is. Is that something? I'm stupid. Uh, there's like an ancient like, Akkadian empire in the Middle East. Huh. I like that he just totally dropped the Scottish Highlands thing. Nobody's done that. Yeah. And I like that a lot. I
0: mean, for me, that's like the move for the TV show. Yeah. Like all the way. Like it's Mm -hmm. like there is no it's it's called the it's called something else. No, to to me, it's still called Highlander.
2: The You're introduced to a character who appears to be the Highlander in the very first dies, episode. They right die on. in the first episode. They, like, mentor the actual main character, die in the first episode, but continue to come back in flashbacks. Yeah. But yeah. they aren't the main character. They're, like, a side piece.
1: I like all the set pieces he's created and yeah. all the flashbacks. As a remake of the original Highlander, I don't know.
2: It's Let's close. Just say, it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a remake, or but it is reboot. a reboot of right, the franchise. Right. So, like, I think that's yeah. perfectly cool. Oh, yeah. And I like that it. Goes away from the script entirely.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Took some risks. Me too. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Good job, Marco. All right. Polo. <clears throat> this one's from Matthew W. There can be only one brain eater. <laughs> what? <laughs> huh? Connor McLeod is the last immortal left on Earth. However, in a freak boating accident, Connor is decapitated. the quickening caused by this last immortal death produces such a large surge of power and energy that actually brings every immortal back from the dead but not connor i guess not (laughs) the only catch is they are headless zombies with a thirst for human brains (laughs) (laughs) now all the headless zombie immortals including freshly zombified and headless connor mcleod must fight to the last of them to win the prize. The final zombie immortal shall feast on the succulent brains of the living for all eternity. <laughs> all your favorites are back. The Kurgan, Ramirez, and all the other immortal dudes that were cut from the first movie. <laughs> watch them, This you know, Watch them slowly shuffle towards their adversaries. <laughs> Bound over obstacles, eventually. Easily lose limbs, yet stay in the fray. All in the quest for that luscious brain matter. (laughs) How do they eat the brain matter? Because they don't don't have have heads themselves. You can be certain that even with... They just put it in their throat Drop it in the throat hole. (laughs) You can be certain that even with such an outrageous plot, this movie will deliver a far better Highlander experience than The Source.
0: That's... No joke, this was great. This is one of the best. This is great. You submitted this as a joke, and it's like...
1: I like this more than your serious submission.
2: <laughs> His serious one was the one where the Kurgan, Ramirez has like an order of good immortals that the right. Kurgan betrays.
0: Four more left, guys.
2: Four more left. Four, Four, more, left. Left. Four, Four more, more
0: left. Four more left. All right. This one is from Zacco. Zacco.
1: Wacko, Zacco. Does Something he hear that like,
0: ay-o, all the time? Ay-o. Highlander reboot pitch. Start with intro credits. Rolling white. All right. Very good. (laughs) Uh, Rolling while passing through a flashing thunderstorm. Slowly, you start to hear clashing of metal, then shouts of ecstasy. Ecstasy? Exertion. They're just banging. Oh, boy. Revealed through the clouds, you see a man and a woman fighting on a skyscraper and realize the flashes are coming from their sword clashes. Mm. Rascally looking man is using a katana and wears a trench coat. Woman is using... Woman is using a claymore. The woman is mortally wounded, but narrowly reverses the fight, beheading the opponent. Woman establish. Woman, this is written. <laughs> woman established as protagonist. Woman established. You can read. I believe in you. Uh, woman, no, don't blame the script. Woman established as protagonist. That's the sentence. Quickening proceeds to obliterate top floors of building with lightning. You see her awaken with a gasp in the rubble with a close-up shot. Cut to title card. So this reimagining of Highlander is going to be a bit different. <laughs> nice. It's going to take the elements we know and love and combine them with Arthurian legend, another topic full of immortality myth. Our protagonist is going to be a 20-something Scot woman living in London. See, nice. Finally someone doing the Lady Highlander. Not us, yeah, yeah. even though we complain about Not it all it, the all time. All the time, yeah. None of us did it. She's a history professor, a la Indiana Jones. She wants to protect the past, and she's lost so much of her own. Absolutely no no law enforcement will be present in this movie.
2: That is bold. This is a a lawless land of London.
0: That's awesome. Uh, In this iteration, immortals will have extraordinary capabilities, such as increased strength and reflexes. A sword in the hand of an immortal is similarly enhanced beyond just steel. The devastation left behind from quickenings will reflect this power. Act 1. We establish the backstory of the protagonist. Protagonist was born in 1300 Scotland during the Rebellion Wars. She initially died trying to avenge her family after watching them get butchered by the English. She's taken in by a mysterious mentor. Antagonist is introduced by killing her family. In present time, mystery of the gathering and the prize will be laid down, along with hints of a looming threat and an extremely powerful immortal. Act 2. We'll oh, dig. This is like an act breakdown. This is the yeah. first time someone's done that, including us, and it's smart. Yeah, it smart, is smart,
2: smart, smart, smart.
0: Uh, act two. We'll dig into the backstory of the mentor and antagonist who are m- m- Mordord. Nope. Mord- Mordred. Mordred. Mordored. Mordred. Mordred.
1: <laughs> Mordord. <laughs> From Mordord to your to door. Mount Doom.
0: I can't read. It's a problem. One does not simply. <laughs> Walk into <laughs> Mordor, <laughs> Into Mordord.
1: Hand me the ring, little halfling. I just want to hold it.
0: Uh, Yo, let me see that for a minute. So we're introduced <laughs> to the mentor and antagonist, who are Mordred and Arthur, respectively. Arthur is an immortal fighting for the prize so he can conquer the world. He's warred under all the great generals of Western civilization, fighting for an ultimate empire. The court at Camelot was Arthur's trusted Roman lieutenants in the machine of his conquest. Mordred was raised by Arthur as his protege. Since his immortal spark was detected, learning from Arthur's millennia of experience. Eventually, Mordred betrayed Arthur, becoming sickened by his brutality and bloodlust. Mordred nearly killed Arthur, Arthur, just like legend has it, but was slain himself, becoming immortal. Why Arthur didn't finish him there, we may never know. Uh, This would happen later in Mordred's life to allow for awesome old guy mentor role. (laughs) Nice. Mm. The myth of the Holy Grail may have started when Arthur was literally cleaving stone with his sword. Through the ages, Arthur manipulated events to have him be shown in a positive light. Arthur remained in England since deciding the island might finally offer him the best chance of ruling the world. It nearly did, with the British Empire spanning so wide under his influence. Mordred trains protagonist as a true and just knight. Montage! exclamation point. Montage we includes a, montage. a special move and how to counter it. Yes, yes, You love it, Kyle. We see Arthur hunt down and kill Mordred. Protagonist narrowly escapes. Act 3. We have Arthur finally confronting protagonist. Love interest will be killed. (laughs) Suck it, love interest. (laughs) Love interest should be another immortal. Would allow for some excellent flashback material. Maybe show them losing an adopted child to make the low point in a darker film. Uh, Epic showdown will take place at Stonehenge. It's where the gathering pulls them. Drop hints through the movie that Stonehenge is older. Uh, Then people realized. Could be linked to the source. Special move we used to win the fight. Stonehenge was from Zeist. Yes. Uh, Preferably drop some awful joke about how author has never lost man-to-man combat and Protagonist says she's a woman. Yeah! Protagonist wins the prize, which allows for one's deepest desire to come true. Hers is to be able to be with her family and grow old with them. Her fallen love interest and adopted child are reborn. Protagonist and love interest are now mortal. Finn. I like it. Yeah. I like that a lot. There's definitely some, like, really cool stuff in this. I like the opening.
2: I like the opening's great. I like that we got Lady Immortal. I
1: Like, some of the mythological stuff is kind of neat. I feel like some of the Arthurian stuff is, like, confusing the issue. Like, we don't really need it to be Arthurian, do we?
0: No. I think the idea is that we're taking, like, big figures from history and making Mm. them immortal. Yeah. It doesn't it does, does muddle just, the mythology a little bit. Though I think it's
2: fun that it, how like English centric it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's cool. kind of
2: fun. And like creates like a targeted atmosphere for it.
0: Like this feels like Guy Ritchie's King Arthur too.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that coming out?
0: I uh, yeah. yeah. What?
1: Guy Ritchie.
0: Like this feels like more of a King Arthur reimagining or something. Right. Than a Highlander one?
1: A little bit. Hmm. To me anyway.
0: Interesting job, Zacko. We went drive. different, and we I'm like it. into it. By the is, way, we haven't is talked about... the main about,
1: character Morgan Le Fay?
0: We haven't talked about how we've been scoring these, uh, just to let you know, because we're all taking copious notes on each of copious. these. Copious. Boundless uh, notes. So w- everyone has scored on three categories. Uh, it's creativity, appearance, and taste. taste. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how we're working it. All right. This
2: one comes from Avner. My Ruby... Rebeat. <laughs> re-beat, beat, re-beat, ruby, ruby, re-beat, yeah. rebeat. 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 My reboot would be a bit different. First, I would have more focus on Ramirez. His backstory uh, would vary quite differently. For instance, he would first encounter the Kurgan at the Battle of Hastings in 1066. Yeah, suck it, Harold. Yeah, Hastings (laughs) trivia. Um, During the encounter, he would have a premonition that Connor would be the one to defeat the Kurgan, not he. He would spend years seeking Connor out and find him in exile of the Clan MacLeod in the 1600s. Connor himself was exiled after resurrecting from death during a clan war at the hand of the Kurgan. Ramirez had spent a decade training Connor before Connor left to pursue a life interest. During this time, the Kurgan has tracked down Ramirez and defeated him. Gained his quickening as well as his premonition slash foresight abilities. Uh-oh. Mm. Now Kurgan begins to see Connor in his nightmares and makes killing him his main priority. Fast forward to 2017. Connor is a prominent businessman working with his girlfriend at an antique shop that he owns. The gathering has begun and pe- Connor pe- cross paths with Duncan, a former apprentice and clansman. Yeah. They spar. This is the first overt Duncan reference. Yeah. So there's that. That's Duncan fun. who? Oh, uh, Duncan McLeod? Of Oh, the Clan McClown. Which,
1: oh You know it's like a same clan,
2: but it's a different vintage. I see. Connor's current love interest is being stalked by the Kurgan. As they catch up at Connor's at uh, Connors, Duncan informs him that he has fought the Kurgan and that Kurgan is, has become very powerful. As Duncan explains, he barely escaped from his life due to Kurgan's increased doo-doo. ability, doo-doo <laughs> increased power gained from numerous quickenings. Duncan elaborates further that among the Kurgan abilities, he can cause one to see illusions. and also has telekinetic power over this objects.
0: A, this is a little oh. Highlander 3 thrown in
1: there.
2: Yeah, it's got some magic Does skills. It's Warlock actually just
0: X-Men.
1: Or the sorcerer. What mm-hmm. is it?
0: The sorcerer? The final dimension sorcerer, whatever <laughs> it is. Mario Van Peebles is actually
2: a Slytherin. That's actually the tagline. <laughs> Colwyn and Peoples <laughs> is a Slytherin.
1: <laughs> Parcel tongue. Yeah.
2: All right. So Duncan would then move on as he is tracking his old foe. Connor would go visit his current love interest, only to sense the presence of the Kurgan, who kidnapped Connor's woman. Kurgan taunts Connor and they spar. Connor proves himself to be the better swordsman, but Connor quickly finds himself outnumbered as he faces off against old images conjured by the Kurgan. Kurgan escapes, inviting Connor to meet him at a secluded location to settle the score. This is like some season five stuff Mm. of the show. Days pass as Connor meets the Kurgan in an old warehouse. Only now, Connor is wielding Ramirez's katana. Kurgan again summons figments of Connor's imagination, but Connor presses the attack, not shaken by the ploy. The Kurgan commands uh, his sword with telekinesis to fight Connor while he retreats to kill Connor's girlfriend. However, Connor musters his might, supercharging his weapon as it slices right through the... Kurgan's blade. Whoa. I just actually like Mega Man, you gotta like charge yeah, up sure, you sure, gotta sure. charge up that blast. Boop,
0: boop, 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 boop,
2: boop. Is Connor about to defeat the Kurgan with the Kamehameha wave? Yes. But is it as strong as his Gallot gun? Yes.
0: <laughs> can I now say I have no idea what you're talking about? Dragon Ball Z. Z. Use your garlic
2: gun. Connor reaches Kurgan just before he can harm love interest. Kurgan again summons Figments, this time of himself, to fool Connor. But his sweat gives him away. As Connor cuts him down and absorbs his quickening. Connor and his girlfriend return home to find that watcher Joe Dawson awaiting him. Dawson tells Connor that Duncan disappeared and is possibly dead. Connor asks how. Joe replies he went looking for a friend of his named Amanda. And she was rumored to be searching for a Methuselah's
0: Stone. Sequel. Squeakwall. Chipmunk. This is the second person that has like um, made the, the katana a little something special like, like someone the, else had the decision
2: had them... to use ramirez's katana is significant
0: yeah i like that i mean like the idea that he has a special weapon he fights with is a cool mythological sort of thing
2: yeah it's yeah. his sword in the stone yeah his mm, Methuselah stone yeah his sword in the methuselah stone that's actually that's right he got it from the lady in the lake lady, lady and the in the tiger in
0: the lake
1: next we have an entry <laughs> <We're> from ridiculous <laughs> lee fillingsness so here is my treatment for a reboot of Highlander. There were several elements touched on in the movies and the shows that seemed underutilized. That with a clear idea of the direction to show you could incorporate what? You can do it, Amon. I believe in you.
0: Everyone makes fun of me for reading. It is not easy.
1: Everyone makes fun of me for reading, is what you said.
0: <laughs> They're like, Keith, you're
2: such a nerd. You're reading all the time. What a piece of shit, man. You gotta play football.
1: Football, touchdown. I play pogs. That's what all the kids are doing. (laughs) Home run. So here's my treatment for a reboot of Highlander. And then they say the show, this will also use story techniques from other shows, which would be able to tell a deeper and fuller story about the world of the immortals. So, is the is the the thing it's borrowing from another show having a good script? Yes, I, I don't know. <laughs> to begin with, the story would be about the immortals rather than just the Highlander, and the plot structure would be similar to the original season of Heroes, where in the main character of Peter, that's a great idea. Yeah, I thought that it, the yeah. first time I saw Heroes, that yeah. like oh this Highlander, could, Highlander, this is Highlander, yeah. In a that nutshell, is, that is a good idea. Using this structure, villains and allies could be introduced as occupants of the universe with their own lives, rather than a life that only matters as it intersects with McLeod From week to week, from week to week. Is this another show from reboot? This is a to show. Week. The <laughs> first. A, the first episode. A, a lot of movies. Yeah, really. this is the already first a show. Episode
2: Lee disqualified, and <laughs> Lee. you're off to such a good start.
1: Go ahead. Uh, I'm Lee. gonna let you
2: finish. I'm going to let you finish.
1: The first episode would begin with Richie Ryan in the as we saw, but instead of just being mistaken for an immortal, he will be an immortal, but seemingly not knowing who he is. I'm not sure what that means. The buzz will be a confusing thing for him, and all he knows is every time he feels it, somebody tries to kill him. That's kind of interesting that he's immortal and he has these sensations but he doesn't He's know like just what weirdly getting to know his yeah, body yeah he doesn't understand yeah. what's up.
2: yeah like what's happening to me like i'm getting hair in weird places um go ahead
1: <laughs> let's kill that bit all let's he knows <laughs> is that every time he feels the buzz someone tries to kill him <laughs> that would be scary yeah rather than being a big reveal at the end of the season and let's be honest it's not that big a reveal it's a through line in the season which has Richie dealing with the consequences of his first death and his training in dealing with the reality of being an immortal and the stories of McLeod and his first death and his teachers and his lessons will intersect as part of the lessons rather than as side episodes. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're killing me here, Lee. I think it's still for a movie.
0: I think it's a 22 part movie. Yeah.
1: 22 part movie. When we get to the episode about Quentin Barnes, we get the twist. When We get to the, the episode. episode about. So there's <laughs> definitely an episode about
0: it's me, Quentin no. Barnes, <laughs> and we are just redoing the original <laughs> one.
1: But it's not Michael Moore's alter ego killing everyone. It it's is Michael fact, Moore, the liberal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> activist. It is in fact Richie. Who has been stalking and killing people using elements from Kenny and Felicia Martine's character arc. What? Who's Kenny? Oh, the, ah. the South Park character? No. Oh,
0: not. my God. <laughs> Isn't Kenny the kid?
1: Oh, yeah. From season three's episode. <laughs> I forget what it's called. Yeah, Child's wait, Play? So Richie's the bad guy? Uh, yeah. You can set up Richie as the recurring villain throughout the series and can in some way receive his redemption through a series long storyline similar to Christian Kale's character in Angel. So is wait Is Angel the T V show Angel? Yes, I think so. The boofy spinoff? So does he
2: have multiple personality disorder like Quentin Barnes? Is that what's going on? I don't I can't. Or is the but shock then it says of becoming he's immortal?
1: Redempt, redeemed. Redempted. 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 Redempted Redacted. Redempted.
0: He's, he's
2: redacted. <laughs> he's redacted in that he removes the Quentin Barnes
1: part of his character. Using deeper dives into the past than just what McLeod has experienced, we can have characters like Darius and Constantine know one another and tell the stories of newly appearing immortals that could travel from storyline to storyline, much like Xavier St. Cloud, Cross paths with MacLeod, in World War I and Tunisia, And we can see how these big bads interacted with these men in ancient times, and how some of them might have once been good men, corrupted by the game itself. I mean, that's an interesting idea. The quickening is never really is a, explained. sounds like a long movie. Though. Yeah, the quickening is never really explained as anything other than a bit of electricity, huh? But what if the quickening itself was a participant in the game, drawing people to one another, and in some cases instigating the fight? An immortal would have to master his technique as well as control the essence of his quickening, and maybe it could be, 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 be maybe it could be the equivalent of the Dax symbiote. Oh,
0: oh wow. wow.
1: This is a <laughs> real universe mashup. Yeah. We've got Angel, we've got DS9, or the Goa'uld in Stargate. Oh like, whoa. wow. Stargate. Pronounce that. Go. Yeah, you nailed it. Where the quickening interacts with the host and the life experiences of the slain opponent become a part of the host, which will make the dark quickening an ever-present risk for immortals. This could also help explain Max retreat from the game as much as any guilt he felt, and it could also help explain Darius and Brother Paul would hide on holy ground. I'm sorry, Lee, but this is a TV show and not a movie. He writes some more here that I'm not going to read. And then they say, so yeah, my treatment was longer than 500 words, but I can make these stories last for seasons. Lee... Your submission was 856 words, (laughs) and it's a TV show. (laughs) I'm sorry, Lee. I thank you for writing in, and now I'm interested. We we, we really appreciate everyone who participated, sincerely and genuinely.
2: You are not winning, Lee, but we do really (laughs) really appreciate that you wrote in. You're great. We mean that sincerely, and we hope you keep listening.
0: All right, we got one more, guys. This is the last one? Oh, yeah. Right, Vince, I've got a
2: boner just thinking about it. Vince S
0: writes in, yeah, Vince. Vince writes, hey guys, just giving you my quick off-the-cuff reboot ideas since it's almost deadline time. I would start off like the 1986 movie, but instead of being a wrestling match, make it an MMA match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so maybe you can get a tie-in with UFC for promotion. Yeah, <laughs> I like that's, you're that's you're the playing other... a
2: long game. I like it. Um, a good idea. He's thinking prom- cross promotions. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually going to be his entire thing. Next, he's <laughs> going to so pitch. He's, he's going to pitch him on Action figures. This is what gets movies made, though.
1: Ronda Rousey is not Kurgan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, premise of movie would be somewhat the same uh, with me, but not using the name Connor. Maybe use Quinton or Colin. Christopher Lambert is Connor McCloud, and Adrian Paul is Duncan McCloud. The quickening would be like an EMP, so it would destroy any camera or cell phone transmissions in the area. I think we nice all thought. like that. We've t- we've yeah. all talked about that before. Yeah. That that's like. Probably the best way to make this modern. Yep. I would also bring in the Watchers to the movie. MacLeod would be killed in Scotland during a f- during fighting with Robert the Bruce against the English. The main enemy would be an ancient immortal fighting on the side of the English, as they were the rising empire of the time. They would meet up a few times throughout the years, but never one or the other getting the upper hand and beheading the other. Finally, we'd be down to the last four mortals in New York City. The female lead would be MacLeod's Watcher. Hey. That's the way I went, too. He would discover out about the Watchers and find out the female lead is his Watcher. Ah, but so would the Kurgan-like character. Ah, so they both find out about this Watcher person. Ah. Hence the setup for the final battle. And so to leave it open for a potential sequel, the winner gets the prize, which lasts forever as long as another immortal does not appear on the scene. Oh, that's a clever twist. Hmm. What? They twist? Uh, So that's kind of like Highlander 2, but also like... I mean, like, there's new immortal... Yeah. Like, I mean, Richie's a new immortal, so, like, he just pops up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So there is a winner. He lives uh, a quiet life uh, as winner of the prize, but say after 20 or 30 years, another immortal is born, and McCloud can start feeling the power of the prize dwindling. But that is ahead of the game. McCloud would have his katana from his mentor, he would know martial arts, and also be quick-witted. Just came up with that in 15 minutes. I usually work better than that. (laughs) Or I usually work better that way. Lol. Vince. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks, Vince. Yeah, Thank keep up Vince. the good work, and thanks for all you do for the fans.
1: I dug that. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that's good. That was good. I like the EMP quickening thing a lot. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: I like the idea of that you like gain power and it like dwindles though. Yeah, which is kind of neat. It's like not permanent. Yeah, and that would like I think tie in the idea of like the the quickening is what like fuels them as immortals. So it's like he's losing it. And as such, it's populating the Earth with new immortals.
2: As your quickening juice runs out, it goes into other people, like groundwater.
0: So that was all the submissions. We had a lot of great ones. Thanks, everybody.
1: Yes, thank you. We had a lot that didn't follow the rules. Four disqualified submissions. Right,
0: so read the instructions first. is the takeaway from this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) We're such jerks. Are we? Yeah. The rules weren't hard. I mean, they're easier than the rules of the game. (laughs) (laughs) so it's that time of the show guys when we must name a winner yep there can be only only one one. who's it gonna be Uh, uh, so guys we have deliberated We've taken our time. We've gone over our notes. We've meditated on it. We've
2: prayed on it. We've received divine intervention on the subject. That's right.
0: Ah, and so without further ado, the winner, the Highlander Reboot Contest presented by Highlander Rewatched, is
2: uh, (laughs) Dominic. Dominic. Dominic S. Thanks. Your submission was really terrific. We loved how bold it was, how it completely flipped the script on highlander and incorporated some really interesting fantasy and sci-fi elements it was thoughtful thorough it's very good
1: liked it a lot thank you dominic for your thoughtful approach to our contest and for following the rules <laughs>
0: right sure,
2: well he was a little, yeah.
1: play a little cute with the intro but yeah. i think that worked oh no that's i think, I that think
2: was that's totally acceptable
0: very good so dominic yes we will be contacting you shortly with details of your prize claim the prize very good uh thanks everybody you for- say give me the prize yeah, I, I, just I give messed the it
2: up. What's a, there can what's only that, be
0: one. Yeah, what, <laughs> what's what's that Lincoln Park song about getting the prize? A word to the wise: Everyone who wants to uh, participate in one of our contests again, just be aware. That everybody got schooled by Dominic S., who speaks English as a second language. So you really got to bring your A-game, because he really did. Yeah, we're not playing around. Yeah, and neither's Damo bringing it every week, writing in good fan uh, email submissions. So also, write us emails at Highlander G- highlandergmail.rewatch.aol.com. Dot <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> shoes. Yeah, dot shoes. Anyway, guys, uh thanks to everyone who did partake in this contest. It was a lot of fun. We're glad everyone's, you know, took the time to submit these. They were now, a lot of fun to do read. We
2: really sincerely yes. appreciate it. You know. I know we've been lighthearted about the whole thing, but the fact that you participated means a lot to us. You're all great. We treasure you as part of this community.
0: Very good. So uh we'll maybe be doing some more contests in the future, so stay tuned and uh maybe you'll win one of those. <laughs> 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 ah, very good. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle.
1: This is Amy. Bye.
2: Trash Highlander, not doing well at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. Sad. Still can't get a reboot. <laughs> <laughs>